So one of the uh, few people in motorsports to get a refund from Paul Genalozzi. <laughs> uh, the son of a very confused, I don't think disappointed is the right word, but we'll say confused theoretical chemist. And uh, Spencer Pompelli's protege. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Lester. If you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? Fellas, it was ma- immensely enjoyable. Enjoyable. Mm, Wait. So close. Yeah, you were two words and then you were one. What did the crew chief say? Keep it simple. Enjoyable. <laughs> it wasn't immense. <laughs> <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. To yet another episode of uh, Dinner with Racers. Dinner I'm with Racers. Sean Heckman. I'm Ryan Eversley. And uh, hey, we are uh, we're on the road. We're driving from old South Carolina. That's right. I'll never remember this name of the city. Hilton Head. Hilton Head, South Carolina. Yep. And we're driving back to your home of Atlanta, Georgia, where I will get on a plane and yeah, you'll just go back home. And you know what else we did in Atlanta, Georgia earlier this year? Tell me. We sat down with the Bill Lester. Bill Lester. Now Bill Lester was very convenient for us. And why is that, Sean? Because he's, like, up the road from Lally. He, like, lives a block from Lally. Yeah. So that made life easy. It did. And and in fairness, uh, we've been trying to get Bill, and he's wanted to be on the show for, I mean, a few years now. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in the episode. Now, he's he's probably most known for his time in the NASCAR series, especially with the trucks. But he also did quite a bit of sports car racing and uh, drove with some familiar names like Young Jordan Taylor. JT. And had a pretty fruitful sports car racing career. But the thing I liked about it the most was how easy it was to talk to. Absolutely. Bill has been nothing but uh, kind and welcoming and wanting to be a part of this, and I'm glad we finally were able to meet up with him. So a couple quick stats on Bill. Uh, beyond being a racing driver, you know, he actually started as, like, an electrical engineer. He went yeah. to Berkeley. Yeah, he's way too smart yeah. to be a driver. I have no idea why he's a driver or why he's talking to us because he's way too smart for us. He's actually a winner in the Grand Am Rolex GT categories. Uh, he's driven uh, in NASCAR trucks including holding some poles and trucks, and also holds a distinction as the first black driver to do a full season in NASCAR competition. We had dinner over at Don Bonachon, Bonachon? Sure. But, uh, Lally's place that he likes to go. Is it really? I don't know. No, it is now. It is now. Yeah. (laughs) It is by far the vegan's favorite Mexican place. I had, I believe, the tres enchiladas. Yep. You had... Oh, the chicken sandwich. Uh-huh. At the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, yeah no, they were like, they're like, you could have a chicken taco, soft or hard shell, of which I generally go for hard shells. So one of my favorite parts about this this dinner was that you actually stayed at Lally's the night I before, did. so I was able to just pick you up. Yep. And we had a very quick, more importantly, very safe drive right over to that Mexican restaurant. We did. And uh, made life real easy for us. You know how you got there safely? On Continental Tires. Yeah, it's tires. It's always tires. It's always tires. Brake pads, but you know what? Uh huh. Tires. Tires. Continental tires. Continental tires is what wins a race. That's what they said in Days of Thunder. That's what they said because they are the cross contact. Nope. Gosh darn it! Smart the choice. Smart in choice in tires. The smart choice in tires. Hey, what are some of the things we're going to hear about with Bill Lester? Going to UC Berkeley as an electrical engineer. A true story of anyone who's ever just wanted to quit their job and go racing. And we do get into the hot topics when it comes to representation and groundbreaking and diversity in motorsports. And if you want to hear that, 
and so much, much more, including multiple references to robot dogs. <laughs> the, listen, this is real. I'm not being funny right now. Those are the scariest things on the planet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we get into it with Bill Lester. You know, speaking of, uh, of the smart choice uh-huh. and tires. Yes. You know who's been making a lot of smart choices and tires? Our fans. Our fans. Yes. And that's what's keeping this show literally on the road. So we want to say a major thank you to you guys for obviously listening, but more importantly, tagging Continental Tire, purchasing their tires, buying shoes with their soles, buying belts and hoses for your cars. All that stuff is very important, and we can't stress it enough that it helps keep this show going. So thank you so much for supporting us, and thank you to Continental Tire for keeping the show on the road as well. You know who we also should thank? Our driver for this year. Oh, Sebastian Bourdais. Why do you guys keep asking me about robot dogs? Hey, Bill Lester. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. There he there is. There he is. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? Doing all right? Yep. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. What's going on, man? Yeah. So normally we bet if somebody's going to be early or on time or late. Normally, okay. most guys are normally on time. A few or some. We've had some Penske guys that were late. Yeah, You're really, 10 minutes, Penske yeah. guys. Oh yeah, Scott McLaughlin was late. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, we're like so much for no Penske. Way. And, uh, and you are ten minutes early. Yeah. So shame uh, on me. Yeah. No more power to you. <laughs> yeah, we both actually assumed you'd be early. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We said you seem like a button. So up nobody guy. won the bet. No. Nah, yeah. You're, you're, you're buttoned up. As you can tell, my eyesight, like seeing close up, is done. It you is, know. I'll give you a pass. It is dark. Thank you. I appreciate it because my son's like bring the and it's like, hey, Dad. I'm like, really? done for an hour. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you show me something way out there, and yeah. I have better sight than they do for the most part. Yeah. So. It, and it's because, you know, they're always looking at their phones here. They can't see anything that's beyond their right. hand. Right, right, so, right, right, right. Well, and you're a driver, which means normally you can't see beyond your own nose. Th- th- but There you go. Uh, <laughs> so. It's hard for me to see with my head up my ass all the time. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Sean and I have something totally off, uh, not at all racing related, that we, we're really – honestly concerned about it okay and we think you might actually be somebody that we can we can kind of venture into this topic with for the first time on the show oh wow it's a highly sensitive topic in these very tenuous times yeah you're you're an electrical engineer yeah and you have a uh, you're a computer scientist yeah i'm really a more computer scientist than electrical engineer okay the ee part just like i'm like nah there's too many other people that are much better than i am computer science stuff the software stuff yeah i was good at have you seen movies what's that now have you seen movies (laughs) movies just as a concept have you seen movies you're familiar with movies. You're familiar with movies. <laughs> yeah, of course I'm. Yeah, okay, right? okay. I, I'm like, oh, yeah. is this right. a loaded question? No, no, no. <laughs> no we, we need, Am I about to get punked? This is a very real thing <laughs> this is that, that we feel like. We are not joking when we say this is kind of terrifying You're to probably us. one of the smartest people we've had on this show. Yeah. Yeah. You give me too much credit on within Because you went to Berkeley, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. No, you're smarter than all of us. So where do you stand on robot dogs? Robot dogs. You see this blank expression yeah. on my face? <laughs> no, no clue. When we say robot dogs, we are dead serious about these robotic dogs. The dogs, that, about. yeah, the yeah. ones that are okay. like opening doors yeah. and like yeah. flipping, yeah. and then they're gonna. Okay, I thought you were talking about a movie called no, Robot no, no, Dogs. No, 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 And I'm like, but, no, I'm but not you've probably that movie. seen Terminator. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Come yeah. On. How so, many times have I seen Terminator? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as a again, you have a degree. As an engineer. <laughs> yeah. As a software developer. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you look at one of those things and go, "This is something that's going to be a problem if it doesn't get regulated"? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they will go rogue, you know, yeah. I mean, with AI and all that kind of right. stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah. It, it's going to be a matter of time. You Anytime know? there's an article about one of these things, yeah. he and I like send it to each other. Like, do you see this one yet? Right. Because it's, ter- it, it's terrifying. Inevitable. It's yeah. terrifying. Terminator kind of showed you everything is yeah. going to happen. I mean, it, exactly. Th- that is def- coming to fruition. Okay. You know? So if Bill Lester thinks it's a problem, it's <laughs> or a problem. It's something to be worried about. I mean, you know, we're, you not, we're at, justified. Yeah. You look at the Tesla, right? And the self-driving yeah. stuff. I mean, they're running into, you know, whatever, this, that, off cliffs. I mean, you know, it's like, come on. Yeah. So it's people falling asleep. I'm like, you are an idiot. So if you saw an internet video of 50 robot dogs jumping in unison in training, <laughs> right, which we have seen, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like you see that, and you're like, that's it. That's the last thing I'm going to see on. Yeah, a, that's absolutely. what's going to be in your front yard. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah. this is it's it. over. Yeah, yeah. it's the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Over. I mean, I like tripping when the Formula One races. You know, before that, when they have all those drones doing things. Have you guys seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Formation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like no. going, okay. Wait, wait till the drones get real smart. Right, right. right. <laughs> so for what it's worth, now. When people see the robot dogs coming, uh-huh. their last thought for thousands of people will be the three of us. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, they were right. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. right. They saw yeah. it coming. We tried, to, we tried to tell you. <laughs> we tried to tell you. Okay, so oh, while we're man. at it, because this is close to my home, as you know, Ryan. Yeah. You know about the ISS, the International Space Station. Yeah. Okay. So it's floating around. It's been floating around for years. Mm-hmm. Do you know what their plan is when the thing lights up? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. They're just going to crash it into the ocean. <laughs> I should have like, known. Like yeah. that's the plan. That's the real plan. That's the plan. It's yeah. like we're just going to dump it into the ocean. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've been and I, I let's just say I'm very well connected to somebody in the in the space world. Uh-huh. And she, you know, tells me I've seen too many movies. And I'm like, this is how it ends. Right. Like, <laughs> there's some virus that's on there that we don't know about that's going to activate with seawater. Yeah. And yeah. this is it. So you say you're not far from here? Where are you from? No. No, no, I'm staying at Lally's. Oh, staying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. No, I live, I'm, I'm from, uh, you're your old cut. So, yeah. Because I'm confused. Yeah, I'm, I'm from San Bruno. No kidding. So, okay. so uh, I'm confused because your bio says you were born in D.C. Yep. But yet everything about your bio shows that you grew up somewhere East Bay or. That is or, correct. Yeah. So, yeah. What, so what, did, what is the young Bill Lester story? How does D.C. become East so Bay? So the deal is I came along unexpectedly when my father was getting his Ph.D. In, okay. at Catholic University in D.C. Okay. In um, theoretical chemistry. Your dad's a theoretical chemist. There's he, he is, he's the sharp guy. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the sharp yeah. guy. He deals yeah. with something called quantum Monte Carlo, which is in the study of the collisions between atoms and molecules. Of course, using yeah, com- yeah using yeah. computers <laughs> to generate the results. Now yeah. we well, yeah. now we know what yeah. that means. Sure. But right. for the for the fans. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how old is your is dad? Eighty six next month. Was wow. he like on Manhattan Project or any of that stuff? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The reason yeah, that yeah. we left. Um, D.C. to come to the Bay Area is because he started working for IBM in San Jose. So San Jose was initial, you know, underpinnings of California. And then we moved to Oakland because he became a professor of chemistry at Berkeley. Berkeley, okay. So there you have it. So, yeah. But he's world-renowned. I mean, he speaks to, you know, and does research all around the world. I mean, he is so well-traveled, it's not even funny. What's his first name? Same as mine. I'm the third. Oh, wow. Okay. He's Junior. So Bill Junior. He's William Alexander Lester Junior, and I'm the third. How many books does he have? I, can't I was going to say probably a ton. Yeah. yeah. Man, how, yeah. how many times he's been published? It's not even Does fun. he make yeah. fun of the fact you only have one? <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, he takes a lot of pride in it. Okay. okay. <laughs> At least I did something. <laughs> I mean, uh, when you're that that level of, of genius, you can't stop, right? Yeah. You know, because you're saying he still talks to all around the world to people about this yeah. stuff. I'm sure it's because he, he can't not. He's invited everywhere. You know, yeah. I'm just like, Dad, you know, he retired. You know, come on, <laughs> yeah. just take it easy. Yeah. Put your feet up, you know. So Dad takes you to Laguna Seca as a kid yep. to a Can-Am race? Yep. Yeah. Had, had, was he into racing or was not this? At all. Okay, so not that, at all. How, he realized that I was infatuated with cars as a little kid. You know, Hot Wheels, Matchboxes. That's I mean, talking little kid. And whenever my dad brought home road and track and car and driver, 
I was trying to get to before he was. And the reason he liked it is because he likes nice street cars, but I liked it because I, w I would always go right back to the racing section at the back. I could care less about, you know, this Porsche, Ferrari, whatever, straight up racing results, you know, and looking at the write-ups and stuff like what Jonathan Ingram would write up and stuff like that, you know. Um, so that was where I was just bitten by the bug. And then my father took me to a race because, you know, he told one of his friends, he's like, man, my son is this all about this racing stuff, you know. Well, why don't you take him to a race? <laughs> Well, that was the beginning of the end, right? Because, you know, he said, well, what do, what do I do? You know, well, yeah, he said, well, I'm going to go to Laguna Seca. Why don't you tag along and bring your son? And that's what, what happened, you know, Can-Am races and, you know, Peter Revson and Denny Hume and, you know, I mean, Jim Hall. I mean, all those guys blowing around there. And it was just mind-blowing for me, right? And so that set the hook. And after that, it's like, how do I do it? How do I do it, you know? Because my folks, they had no appreciation for racing whatsoever. I don't come from that generation, you know, second, third generation, all that kind of stuff. You know, my father was very good, not only as a, um, you know, later in life as a theoretical chemist, but during the time that he was studying as a basketball player, he holds records at the University of Chicago that still stand. No way. That still stand. Yeah. 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 How tall is he? 5'10". Oh, so, so he's like actually a badass. He, yeah, yeah. His jump yeah. shot was phenomenal. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. he, he was like, the records he hold, held were like, you know, most points in a game, most points in a season, yeah. more, most points over four years, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. Because cool. his release was so fast. They yeah. couldn't block it. They couldn't swat it. You know, it wasn't a height situation. Yeah, right. He was right. quick. Yeah. He was just real quick. And he yeah. turns down his pro efforts or uh, his, his pro offers to go be a PhD in theoretical Here's chemistry. Here's the deal. Back then, yeah. it meant nothing pay, to be right? in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, 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 nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the real career would have been what he did, what he pursued. Yeah. You know, had he done then what, you know, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's yeah. no question. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, man. What did, what did your mom do? She was um, up until 2010 when she, when she passed. But young, when she was younger, she was a English major. Okay. And so she taught and she did some social work. Mm -hmm. So that's what my mom did. Okay. So, but she was really just the homemaker. You sure. know, it was single, you know, well, it was family of a income. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So. You know, unlike my wife and I now, we're both, you know, <laughs> doing, going, right. doing what you have to do to make it happen, right? right. Yeah. So your dad is a PhD. Um, and I, I don't know it. So you, usually PhDs are one of two categories. They're either insane mm -hmm. <laughs> or they're incredibly measured to a fault where like everything has a plan and an analysis and you almost like nothing can move forward. And that's not the life of somebody that wants to be in racing. Yeah. So which which of these camps was your dad in? He's the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Everything very very logical. There's, yeah. yeah. There's a reason and cause for everything. And, you know, this is kind of like the right way to do it. And. You know, that sort of thing. So I'd have to think a He's career. He's not liberal. He, literal. Yeah. Liberal, that's what I'm trying to say, like yeah. a liberal arts person. But yeah. He's, He's straight up tech, you know, <laughs> straight up not be liberal in Berkeley. Yeah. He's straight but, logical, you know, so. So the idea of a career in racing does not make sense. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. He didn't want me to do it. Yeah. My mom definitely didn't want me to because of the yeah. safety aspect, you sure, know, sure. as a mom. Yeah. Well, but, especially if, like, you're watching it in the 60s and 70s. Very different time. Very different. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of those drivers didn't get out, you know. Yeah. So... So was it at this point, so like you're, you're, you know, you're basically in a collegiate part of town. Um, did you ever think of a career as a racer, as an option as a young person? Or was this always something you knew that had to be later in life once you got to a certain place? I wanted to do it as soon as I possibly could. Okay. But the realities were that, you know, my parents um, were not going to support me financially in that endeavor. You know, I mean, they didn't know anything about it. You know, how do you even start doing it? You know, when you're in the, like, city... You know, the racetracks are nowhere near you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, especially in the Bay Area. I can exactly. tell you that firsthand. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Nowhere near, you know. So um, it just wasn't feasible. I mean, and I didn't know. I had no wherewithal to know, you know, how you get involved, what you need to do. You know, I mean, um, one of my mentors is Willie T. Ribs. And 
you know, Willie grew up in it. So he had all the access to what you need to do. A father who was a racer, you know, all that kind of stuff. My father played basketball, you know, very well. So when I was younger, I was doing all the stick and balls type sports. But I realized that, you know, I wasn't big enough. When I graduated high school, I was 5'7". I didn't grow until after I got out of high school. You know, I was so small. We'd go to high school reunions and people were like, who are you? (laughs) Because I was that tall and my hair was this big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we got to make up for the height thing, right? Exactly. Great hair. Yeah, yeah, this is the time of the Jackson 5 and all that kind of stuff. So I had one of those kind of afros, you know. So they didn't know who I was when I would come back. You know, Because all these guys that I was looking up to now, I'm like looking down at because they grew fast, you know, early. Sure, sure. And stopped, and I grew later and yeah. kept on going. So it's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. You're like, who are you? I don't remember you from school. So Willie T was your was your guy. Yeah, yeah. And he helped me out. Both San Jose guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the cities in the world. Exactly. San Jose. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really um, spend time with him until actually after I left San Jose, though. You know, I was already in Oakland by the time he and I got together because we got together when I was going through SCCA, Sports Car Club of America, racing school at Sears Point. And he, for whatever reason, just happened to be there. And he came up to me after, you know, watching me. And he said, uh, I've been watching you. You have what it takes to make it in this sport. And I knew who he was because I'd seen everything he'd been doing in Trans Am and all that kind of stuff. So he was, you know, like God to me. You know, I, I wanted to be like him. Yeah, right. Right. And so for him to come over, take the time and, you know, the effort to say something to me. Yeah. I mean, that made my day. Yeah, for Huge. Sure. Yeah. And he gave me his contact information. And I'm telling you, by that time, when I was in SCCA racing, I had just started with Hewlett Packard. You know, I was now a oh, software okay. development so engineer. Early in your so yeah, I'm yeah, 21, yeah. 22. Yeah. You know, and so basically, almost like that first paycheck, I went and you know bought a race car. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> I'm sure. It's like sure the thing yeah. you're not supposed to yeah. do. <laughs> Listen, I show up with this GT3 car yeah. with a tackle box basically for tools. Yeah. I didn't know anything about yeah. how to do it. Right. Yeah. But the guy who I bought it from um, was also a San Francisco region SCCA, and he was a big Mazda guy, and I was a huge Mazda guy, right? That's My street car was a Mazda RX-3 SP, and this was the type of car that Jim Downey raced in champion, um, the Champion Spark Plug yeah, Series. Yeah, right, right. IMSA RS, right? Yes, yeah. And so he, he was a guy, kind of like my idol as well, too, you know, so... Um, well, he and Willie are very similar. Yeah, aren't they? <laughs> Peas in a pod? Yeah, same personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim Downing with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't see two no. different people yeah. if you yeah. tried to pair them. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah. But in any event, um, I, so I bought a Mazda because I loved Mazda. I loved the rotary engine and everything. It was really reliable, you know, great power to weight and all that kind of stuff. And um, that's what I went to SCCA school with. And, you know, anyway, to make a long story short, Willie and I got to meet each other. And when I started working at HP, like I said, um, because with that pay- first paycheck, that's when I started racing. Um, every lunch period, I would leave the office and go to his house. And okay. I basically learned at the feet of the master. Wow. Okay. I would see everything you should do and everything you should do. Because in Menlo Park, do. and so it's not yeah. that far. Yeah. Well, it was in Cupertino. Oh, okay. So sure. Where but I even was. closer. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. But, I mean, I would see him, you know, on the phone, working the phones all the time and trying to hustle sponsorship and all that kind of stuff. And I was just, you know, awestruck by it all because, you know, he was doing what I wanted to do. So I had a great mentor. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have survived. Really? I would mm-hmm. not have known what to do. Yeah. It, it's not like we know each other well, but... Willie's a very specific kind of personality, mm-hmm. and you don't strike me as some of his more we're adventurous sides. Yeah, yeah, we're almost yeah, day yeah. and night. He yeah. is very blue collar. I'm very white collar. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to call it the way. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he didn't go to college, I don't believe. Right. You know, I got my four year degree. Did you pick up any of his game? Um, I didn't do too badly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, 
in answer to your question, wow, Willie's like really gregarious and he's just yeah. all out there. I'm just yeah. like the, you know, the silent killer type. Sure, like that's sure. How I'm, I'm under the radar. He's way above the radar. I'm under you the radar. You guys could actually play off each other pretty well then in that case because you could be like the apologetic one. Yeah. Oh, it's like, ah, yeah. oh, sorry, he gets a little crazy. I, I, yeah. How you doing? Exactly. Yeah. Wait, so when you were working with him, were you with your wife at the time? All right, no. Uh, no? Okay. No, no, this Did you guys go, uh, the Willie's term would be hunting. Did you guys go hunting <laughs> together? We didn't go hunting. I think he yeah. kind of saw me as a square. Yeah. You know, uh, he, I he really did. He, sure. I, I think he was kind of protecting me from the antics that he, you know, would get into with, mm-hmm. you know, his, mm-hmm. uh, I think his buddy's name was Eric. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you do know Willie G. Yeah. 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 We and, know all and his, about his brother Donnie, I guess. Yep. Big, big yep. guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's this great cartoon series we put yeah. out that I'll show, I'll send okay. you a link to. Okay. So he's got some stories. There's a very, oh, yeah. He's got lots of stories. Common yeah. uh, phrase that gets used in podcasts a lot now that I've heard is friend of the show. Whenever anybody comes up, and Willie T is a big friend of the show. We've had him on a couple times, and he's like, he's, he's been around. Like, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah he's, been he's, a, he's a character, man. <laughs> he's yeah. done some stuff. I'm like, just going, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm never doing that. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never doing that. My parents mm-hmm. would look at me like I had two heads. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've spoken to some you know racers that have made large amounts of money in motorsports or or had careers where they were able to make a lot of money in something else and then you know pl- pay for motorsports. Normally, when we ask them what the first dumb thing they bought with money, it's not a race car. But you bought a race car with your first big paycheck from HP. Absolutely. Yeah. First thing I did was yeah. bought a race car. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I wanted to get out there. As soon as possible yeah didn't want to waste any more time i wanted to be a racer you know as soon as i got my driver's license i wanted to be racing right. yeah. you know so yeah. basically you go to to cal berkeley mm-hmm. and to make you're making dad happy you get an, an eecs or electrical yep. engineering and computer science which in the 80s was like computers were still sort of foreign but this was definitely the future yep and um was this was this because you genuinely wanted a career or was no. this to make dad happy this was a means to an end okay it was basically a tool so that okay. I could get to a racetrack. Okay. I wanted to get for my... For the money's sake or for appeasing your family's sake? It was... They were proud you know of I mean? me because sure. that's the direction I took, but it was right. for the money's sake. I okay. wanted to get a career where I could make as much money as possible in as little time as possible. Yeah. That, I didn't yeah. want to be a doctor or a lawyer right. or something. Or a drug you... dealer. <laughs> 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 like, hey, it's happening in yeah. IMSA. <laughs> a lot of guys. Yeah. A lot of stories right, there. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. No, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But... <laughs> But no, I didn't want to do any postdoc stuff. Sure. Or anything. I didn't want to do right. the eight-year plans. Uh, sure. I wanted four years of getting <laughs> my butt smart. kicked. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I use yeah. a phrase sometimes, and you know, this is an audience where I could probably do so, <laughs> where I say that getting education at University of California Berkeley is like getting twenty dollars shoved up your ass a nickel at a time. <laughs> Because it was the yeah. hardest thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they just purposely made it hard. Yeah. Yeah. Berkeley yeah. was a research institution. Yep. It was not yeah. one for teaching. It was where the professors did research. They didn't care about office hours. It's like, you want to see, you better go find the TA because I'm not going to be there. I'm doing my research. They didn't care if you were sunk, sunk or swam. They did not care. You paid your registration fees, and it was up to you to get out of there. And believe me, I was not raising the curve. I was not the valedictorian. I was getting out of there by the skin of my teeth, <laughs> okay. right? Because all I was trying to do is like, okay, have a good time in college as well as hit the books, but make it so I got out of there so I could race. So when you go to your uh, racing school, so, so one thing that I don't know that kids today wouldn't understand as much is that you used to be able to do a race. I mean, you probably still can, but it's nowhere near as easy as just going to a racing school. Mm-hmm. But when you did an SCCA license thing back there, you'd come with your own car, right? Yes. And you'd go and you'd have to basically spend like a couple of days at the track yes. learning from the- other SCCA racers. Instead of it being like you pay a fee, you go to a school for three days, you drive their car, you get a couple classrooms and, and a little regional license. It's so different because yeah. SCCA school is just learning the protocol of racing. 
you're learning the flags, you're learning how to start a race. It's nothing about race technique, nothing. You know, no heel toe, no trail break, no, nothing. And I've never gone to a racing school. I'm self-trained. I learned through the School of Hard Knocks. I learned up in the hills of Skyline Boulevard in Oakland about, you know, okay, this is the limit and this is what you do and what happens when you go beyond the limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so You're in somebody's I, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've hit some guardrails and I've done some silly, silly things. And that's really why, and this is before, you know, I was um, – working full-time and professional somebody said you have skill you have talent as we see that but before you kill yourself or somebody else take it to a racetrack and that's what took me to SCCA driving school so I could get a license so I could be again racing to see if I was as good as I thought I was you know but I wish I could had the money and you know thought about going to Russell or Bondurant or you know Barber I didn't do any of that you know so I, I definitely was thrown in the deep end when you know it's my first race and all that kind of stuff and yeah, it was it was exhilarating though because I was very fortunately blessed with talent and you know I wish I could say that I learned all the right techniques in terms of how to be you know perfect at a, on a race in a race car on a race course and I, and I didn't I just kind of just okay well I can go a little bit faster into that corner a little deeper or whatever break a little later whatever the case is and that's kind of how I did it you know but um, I never went to the championships the national championships for. SCCA amateur well, amateur racing because I couldn't afford to. I mean, I couldn't. I didn't. I had a little, you know, open trailer for a, uh, um, you know, to tow my car around, and so I went to Laguna Seca and Sears Point, and one time I went all the way down to Riverside, and that's as far as I went. I don't think I even went to Portland to race this car. No, I, I didn't. First time I saw Portland was when I raced a. Well, I tried to race a car car for Paul Genalosi, but I didn't really take a start because. One of their guys dropped the wing nut for the carburetor mm. down the in, carburetor in the, yeah. into the engine. Yeah. And yeah. so they lunched it and they said, Yeah, you can't race it. But you, but know. you can still pay for it. The, to Paul's credit, he gave you the majority of the money back. Oh, wow. So that, that, wow. I know. That was Paul early Genelo. Genelo. Oh, yeah. we, just got a, we just got a headline. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I was like, you know, people were like, That doesn't happen often. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, you just roll the dice and you take your chances. But yeah, and yeah. that allowed me to take a start with Tom Gloy, you know, yeah. with one yeah. of his cars in a Trans Am race at mid, mid Ohio. So. But, yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate that I was just given a gift because I was really self-taught. Yeah. So you're doing all this off an HP salary. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's sort of, if you look at your sort of career resume online, which anybody can do, mm -hmm. um, but basically, you know, there's sort of a blank period through into the late 90s when you started doing Trans Am at a, at a heavy level. So is this all just regional SCCA stuff, or was there a period of no racing? Absolutely. There were no. a number of periods of no racing. Okay. Um, I did SCCA amateur from 84. Five to eighty-seven, right. and you're full-time HP this whole time. And I'm full-time HP. Yeah. I'm a you know software development engineer, okay. and then what kind of stuff are you making? Uh, we're doing diagnostic software to okay. troubleshoot uh, workstations and business class server soft uh, hardware. So, um, and then in '88, I became a research development project manager because I was good by everybody else's definition, but my own. Right? I mean, they said, "Man, you, you should be managing people because you, you know." You have leadership ability, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is not the career trajectory that I'm looking for. I want to race, right? I don't want to right. sit there and manage But if it's people. a raise, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was definitely a raise and yeah. definitely, you know, more responsibility, that sort of thing. Okay. But, um, but this is all on the software side of HP. This is all on the software yeah. side, you know, for the hardware. But it was all, you know, coding, you know, and, and leading coders. But, um, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just wanted to, to go racing. And I was really disappointed that. When I won Rookie of the Year, and next year, you know, Northern California Racing Champion for my class, um, 
corporate America didn't corporate America did not come running. You know, right. I mean, I thought it's like okay, I'm ready to turn pro now. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. No. When, when, yeah. when was this? Late eighties. This was eighty. Yeah, late eighties. <clears throat> this was around my last SEC amateur race was in the eight, was eighty seven. So from eighty on, from mid from latter part of eighty seven through eighty eight, I sat out because I was like, I don't want to win any more amateur championships. I want to be pro, right? So I spent all my time and attention putting together proposals and trying to, you know, submit them. Hey, I got these amateur championships, uh, Anheuser-Busch, and, you know, they're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I did the shotgun approach, tried to hit everybody, even use the network of people that I had to try to give me entre you know, entrees and everything. Because, you know, from the shotgun approach, if you don't know somebody, you're just peeing in the wind. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just not going to happen. you yeah. got to have somebody who's interested in you yeah. that will take you seriously, right? a champion right? that is there for and, you. Yeah. Exactly. But I had the, uh, you know, wherewithal and, and bravado to say, okay, you know what? I sat out a year and a half. I'm going to go jump into my first pro race. And that was the IMSA GTO race at Sears Point, where I took a GT1 car, Camaro, and went up against the factory cars from Nissan, um, uh, the Ford or Lincoln Cougars, okay, yeah. um, and the Audis. Yep. So yep. here I am in a GTO class car. I'm, go I'm going from 250 horsepower Mazda RX-3 with a four-speed synchro mesh gearbox to straight cut gears and 650, 680 horsepower that, against the factory guys. Is that this car? That's that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is that car. That car is badass. It is bad, like, when I was it? looking it up, I was like, oh, shit, that yeah. thing's legit. Yeah. 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 That was a yeah. nice car. But yeah. it's a GT1 car. Yeah, it is not right. a GTO car. Right. There right. is a difference. Yeah. And, and proper factory efforts. Yeah. 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 And proper yeah. factory efforts yeah. with all the money that that entails, uh -huh. right? Yeah. And the factory drivers, uh -huh. Hans Stuck, Hurley Haywood, <laughs> yeah. you know, Wally Dollenbach, Pete Halsmer. Yeah. Um, long resumes, and here I am just, you know, wet behind the ears. <laughs> hey, like, guys. Hey, yeah. I want to come out and play with you guys. <laughs> yeah. And so, believe it or not, I was the fastest of the independents behind the factory efforts. And that said a lot because a lot of the local, you know, GT1 guys and stuff like that from the area and, and even out of the area coming in with their stuff. And I was better than them. And it's the first time I've been in that car, you know. Well, first time I've really tried to race it. I did get a test with Willie before that because he taught me, you know, it's like in a synchro mesh box, as you guys know, you can't just slam the gears, right? You just you got to wait to <laughs> line up the synchros and all that kind of stuff. And with straight cut gears, it's as fast as you can shift it. And I was just doing it all wrong. I was treating it like it was a synchro mesh box. And they're listening to me go and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? Willie got in, his, in the car in his street clothes put me in the passenger side with me straddling, you know, the roll bars and stuff like that, and my helmet on, him with having no helmet on, sunglasses, and he took me around for one lap and said, this is how you drive this car. And I was floored because I was like, wow, it's completely different than what I was used to. Yeah, right, right. right. You got to wait. This thing, you don't ever wait on any, you don't wait on yeah, anything. Yeah. The more you can give it, the better, you know, it responds, mm -hmm. right? So I'm treating it like, you know, 13-inch tires and wheels, right, with front disc brakes but my rear brakes were drum yeah right, right okay right. No, this so is this is a amateur world. san francisco yeah. region yeah 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 um you know <laughs> floor sweep car yeah 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 <laughs> so to jump from that to that gto car yeah. was yeah. quantum yeah 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 <laughs> i can appreciate this quantum yeah. <laughs> i mean the first thing time i fired that thing up i was like dang there's a lot of horsepower lot, you know but i loved it i loved it you know it was so much fun so, you know, when I did as well as I did, I didn't finish as well as I would have liked to, but I was running really well until a spindle broke and cut the inner part of the wheel. And, you know, I had to limp it into the pits. I was a DNF. But it told me that, you know, not only did I love it, but I was halfway decent at it. So, you know, let's try to do it again. So that's what we tried to do in the, um, 
in the Trans Am races that followed the next year. Yeah, like I'd say one of the biggest things for me in my start of my career was do I belong here? Mm -hmm. Like, am I actually okay at this or mm -hmm. am I, you know, delusional because I just want it so bad? Right. And so you have one of those moments where you show up and you get to race against real people and real equipment and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't embarrass myself. Exactly. Maybe I am allowed to keep doing this, you know. So I, for me, that's something I think about a lot when I was starting out. You know what? You have, you didn't have another dimension to that, though, and that is being a black man in that sport, in this sport. Um, because when I showed up, you know, in the SECA driver school, for example, they all looked at me like, why are you here? Yeah. You know, and this is liberal California. That's a really like, nice place to be for. for yeah. point, this is like, not the southeast. No, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, right this yeah. is California. You know, where you don't talk about ma'am and sir. You call people by the first names, yeah. right? I mean, it's you yeah. know not Bible Belt and everything. And everybody was like, "Why is this guy here?" You know, that sort yeah. of thing. And yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, it was a different element to what you experienced. It was another level. But, you know, I proved that I belonged, you know, because they saw that I had talent. You know, I was beating them, you know, and stuff that was, you know, they had superior equipment. I was beating them, you know, so that was gratifying. You know? So when you, when you talk about that, so, you know, Northern California SCCA or Trans Am, again, very liberal part of the country. Um, you, know, it's, you know, I grew up same area, mm -hmm. um, although 90s. But when you say uh, that adds another element to it, is it a vibe or is there, are there specific instances? I don't know if that makes sense. I know I, yeah. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. I'm saying there were instances. Not really? many, but yeah. there were instances. Yeah. It wasn't just a vibe. Yeah. The vibe was very clear. Yeah, I got but that. But there yeah, were yeah, instances yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 And the reason I, I hesitated. Name calling or just sort of that what I call racism 2.0 where somebody's overly conscious and they say things that are just dumb. They didn't. Nobody used the N-word. Sure. Okay. Sure. But yeah, they, they were, you know, questioning, you know, me. And... The only reason they questioned me, as opposed to any other person who's going through SCCA driver school, right. is because I didn't look like them. Yeah, I got you. That's it. That was it. So um, you asked about the, you know, the gap, the period, because after I did my second Trans Am race, you know, with Gloy. What um, year was that? That was ninety. I did oh, two races. Yeah, okay. I did the Portland race with Genelosi, where I had, you know, the DNF yeah, mechanical, yeah, yeah. and then I ran the uh, Mid Ohio race with Gloy in his Beretta. Yeah. Um, and then I was tapped out. There was no more money. You know? Yeah, right. And I was like going. This was self-funded. Of course. Yeah, I had some. I had some family money that came behind me. I was like, you know, reaching out to aunts, uncles, and my grandfather. My paternal grandfather really came through for me and, and really made things happen for me. An HP yeah. salary at, at what, late twenties. At late, this point, late twenties, thirty. In my age? age? Yeah. Oh, twenty. Well, yeah, mid twenties, I think. Yeah. Right? No, what am I? Um, I'm having a hard is, time doing the math on making, this. Pay for Trans Am, so, yeah. Ride, so maybe kinda, late late twenties, right? Yeah, but yeah. this is not this is not a salary that pays. I mean, I'm sure it was fine. Yeah, uh, but doesn't but not include to pay that. For Trans Am. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. does not include that. And then you know, also I'm, you know, on my own, living on my own. I'm, you know, I got a condo. I'm paying that, you know, rent stuff like that. So there's other expenses, you know. So, but there was this huge period where, between ninety and ninety six, I just focused on trying to get sponsorship so I could do it as opposed sure. to, you know, one-offs. And the sponsorship to, to go off of is that, look, I had this result with this little money. Yeah. So imagine what I could do. And was the focus all road racing? Weren't, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. all I cared about. Yeah. But, so yeah, they weren't trying to hear it. <laughs> they yeah. were not trying no, to hear I'm it. No, I'm sure it's, it's, a, it's a hard sell at any mm -hmm. level, but especially if you're talking about SCCA or IMSA stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. I think one of the hardest things to understand when it comes to selling a sponsorship program to anybody is that if you don't come in the sales world, and especially if you don't come connected, like you're working for a big company, but you're middle management effectively, uh, or, or, or software coding, like you're not doing sales presentations, and you're certainly not meeting 
everybody else in Silicon Valley at the same time because you're not in the sales side right. of things. So it's exactly. not like you know the 80 other companies yeah. that are that I'm are in R&D. Yeah. yeah, so you're not connected. So I, I did well in the stock sell. market. That's what I did because I knew whose tech was good. Yeah, in terms oh, of yeah that's sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. But in terms of meeting people, yeah. Right, right, right. right. I knew when to get in you know, and bought Cisco, and that treated me really well back then and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, maybe we'll talk to you when we're done here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we got, what's we got questions. Yeah. Dude, that yeah. was then. This is now. <laughs> I have divorced myself from that. It's like one thing you don't do is podcasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not giving out stock tips. <laughs> so, but yeah, I sat out for four, no, five, six years. Yeah. Got married in between. I got married to my wife, Cheryl, in 94. And she said, listen, this is in your blood. You, you know, you're, you're miserable. Even though you're successful by everybody else's definition of money and, you know, prestige and responsibility, I just was not happy when I got up in the morning and when I came home at night. So she said, look, um, devote all your time and attention to it. Make it happen. So I came back and did some World Challenge races in 96 in a local garage-built Mazda RX-7 twin turbo in, you know, World Challenge against, like, Gelati, um, Peter Cunningham guys like that and the first race I came back was um, was it it was Road America never been to Road America oh, before. God. No. never been to Road America you talk about my eyes biggest saucers I mean four it's, miles I mean, of what yeah. it's, it's slow right yeah. and it's very oh. safe <laughs> not yeah. always yeah. for your car yeah. very forgiving yeah. yeah if you have any issues I'm yeah. going from 2.3 miles at, at Laguna yeah. and 2.5 miles at Sears Point to four miles of Road, yeah. Road America yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and finished fourth. And I was like, yeah. So the next race was uh, Watkins Glen. I finished on the podium, you know, nice. with um, PD and Lou. Yeah. You know, independent effort. They were all getting, you know, support. They were both getting support. So, you know, I was like, hey, I, I'm still good at it. I still love it. And so I went back to, you know, work for a couple of years. And then, you know, my wife said, this isn't working. You have to devote all your time and attention, put your whole effort into wow. it. This is not how the movie's got, got to be. <laughs> yeah, like, no, not at all. Yeah, the yeah. whole family's got to yeah. be pulling against you. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got a dream. This is breaking this family apart. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. How did you meet your wife? She is, she was the uh, director of the alumni mentorship program mm -hmm. at Cal Berkeley. Mm -hmm. oh. She studied business. Wait, I studied engineering. did she hit you up for money? <laughs> she <laughs> hit, you're like, she I hit, got a better idea. She hit me up to be a mentor How about to, pay for your dinner? To, an in, yeah, to an incoming <laughs> engineering student. Okay. So, okay. you know, I, had, I was basically trying to help them through the classes and, you know, teaching them the ropes and yeah. this is where you can get support and I can help you with this, that, and the other. And uh, to my, you know, wildest bewilderment, she called me up one night and invited me out on a date. Oh, oh, you are a silent now, killer. So Cheryl's yeah. got the game. Yeah, yeah okay. she got the right. game. What was a trip for me then was that, you know, it, it, <laughs> in full disclosure, she was four, she is four years younger than I am, uh -huh. and I was into older women <laughs> at the time. No I wasn't wonder in, you and Lally get along. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't into these girls that wanted to, do, you know, just, you know, get you to wine and dine them and, you know, mm -hmm. little, you know yeah. peck on the cheek at the end of the night. You know, I was like, mm -mm, that ain't going like, to work, Women right? in their 30s get it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kids, yeah. women in their 30s. Don't get it. <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, she called me up, mm -hmm. invited me out, and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah. And she supported my racing. She knew that's what I wanted to do. So you won the lottery is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost every other story is, uh, yeah, it didn't work out with us because <laughs> yeah. she wouldn't let me go racing. Or exactly. Let me go racing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. As they say, I outkicked my coverage. Oh, huh. Yeah. Yeah. She said, you know, we're going to give ourselves three years to make your dream happen. And if it doesn't, you're coming 
and, and if it doesn't happen within that three-year window, then, you know, you're going to have to look at the harsh reality of going back and, you know, being an engineer again. So I was sweating bullets at the very end because nothing was happening on the road racing side. I was fortunate enough to take advantage of CART's African-American Driver Development Program, which all that did was tell me I was ready to race, but now i got to bring $2 million in sponsorship. And I was like, bunk that. And I started looking at, you know, NASCAR in this period of time because I saw what John Andretti did when he left his Pennzoil IndyCar to go to NASCAR. I was like, what is his problem? Why yeah. is he trying to yeah. do that? Because yeah. I thought NASCAR was like, why do you want to drive around a circle trying to stay off of somebody's, you know, fence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. But, uh, you know, hey, he knew something that the rest of us didn't know at that time because he started a pilgrimage of a lot of, you know, drivers moving to NASCAR. And so I kept my eye on NASCAR, and lo and behold, NASCAR um, created a program. But before that, I got the good fortune of meeting a guy named Ed Renzi, who was the former president and CEO of McDonald's. Yeah. And I met him at an event in Philadelphia, and he knew he was a car owner, Team Renzi Motorsports. And um, he knew that I wanted to be a race car driver. He said to me, Bill, you ever driven a heavy car? And I said, well, what's a heavy car? He said, a stock car. I go, no. <laughs> you know, I'm a road racer, right? And he goes, well, you know what? Let me see what I can, what I can do, right? And so a little while later, he calls me up, and he goes, um, I want to test you. I'm like, okay, cool, right? And I'm <laughs> Did thinking, he know anything about your SCCA stuff? Yeah, he knew okay. about my road racing okay. stuff. But he knew that I'd never been in a stock well, Sure, sure. And so I thought what was going to happen was going to be a private test at a track somewhere. Well, he brings me out to a full-fledged ARCA event where, like, the Oof. heavy hit. Yeah, yeah. Right. the heavy hitters and were Frank Kimmel and Ken Schrader. This yeah. was, yeah. This yeah. was 1998. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is right after I started going on my leave of absence right. that I got this opportunity. Right. And so it was a full-fledged race weekend. And so he, after he brings out the, the, the primary car for his regular driver, he brings out this primer gray backup car. Yeah. And he's, it's the first practice session. He goes, okay, you told me you can drive. Let me see what you can do. I've never been on oval before. Don't know what a stock car is for the most part. But, you know, I, I, I know what a car should feel like. Yeah. I know what I'm looking for, right? And so at the end of the day, even though he didn't let me start the race because I didn't have a, you know, ARCA license, but yeah. they were, ARCA was very liberal and <laughs> let me at least go out and practice with them. Yeah, they're known for that. Yeah. Had I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are very liberal. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Had I run in qualifying what I practiced, I would have um, qualified top 10. Oh, pigeon. So, yeah. yeah. And, and what's interesting is that if you wanted to do that again right now, you'd probably still be racing against Frank Kimmel and Ken Schrader if, you know, you decided to go do an ARCA race. Yeah. 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 Probably so. But he said, you know, you showed me something here. Let me see what we can do. Yeah. And that's what led to um, my first start in the Bush Grand National Race at Watkins Glen in 99. So I, I want to go back to one thing real quick. Sure. You, you tested the uh, Team Cool Green Indy Lights car. Mm-hmm. I did. And, and that was a part of a, a program that CART had put it, in place? It was. Um, what they did is they did a national search casting call for the three, what they considered to be, or what the group that was charged to do this search the three best candidates to take advantage of this opportunity. So the three of us show up in Cal Wells PPI Formula Atlantic car at Button Willow. Now, granted, I've never been in an open-wheel car before. I didn't know what to expect. But again, you know, I'm relying on just, again, just pure talent. Yeah, and, figure and it out. Yeah. Figure it out, right? Jump in, sink or swim. And the two guys that were brought in before me were favored. The fact is, I should have had gone by the rules i should have never had the opportunity because this group that was charged to bring us all together wanted me to sign a contract where i was signing my life away in perpetuity 
Oh, they were right. going to get a percentage of Sight everything. Unseen. I ever, yeah, right. yeah, forever yeah. Right. for the great opportunity of being brought in by them. Yeah. You know what I did? I went to the cart race at Laguna Seca. Yep. Met with Andy Craig, Andrew yep. Craig. Yep. And who was the? He was the the, the guy running in the car. He was at the, the CEO time. Yeah, of, the of Cart. Cart. Yeah. Of Cart at that time. Yeah. And I introduced myself to him. I said, "This is what I've done. I'd love it if I could maybe have this opportunity. I know about your program." He goes, "You're our third selection." When I showed up at Button Willow, unbeknownst to the uh, guy who was the, the group that was bringing these other drivers there, ooh, they were not pleased, right? Yeah, because he went right around up to because the big boss. That's right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I embarrassed the guys that they brought out yeah. there. And so my prize for that was a day at uh, Phoenix International, yeah, Phoenix Raceway, this, the road course, in a uh, in Team Cool Greens, and he lights car. And at that time, Johnny Kane was their full-time yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah, good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was just off Johnny Kane. I didn't beat him, but I was just off him. So they, you know, did this little write-up and said, you know, he's ready to go. Yeah. I go back to cart, and they, they're saying, okay, well, you know, if you bring 1.2 to, uh, no, 1. <laughs> 1. 1. Yeah. 1.5 to 2 million dollars, we're yeah. gonna set you up in an Indy Lights yeah, car. Yeah, we can help you out. I know how easy it is to find. Right. I'm like, yeah. bye bye. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But at the, yeah. almost at the same time, that's when you know Dodge created their diversity program yeah. that Willie got the first opportunity to run, mm-hmm. and then I took it over for the remaining two years. Yeah. So with no oval track experience, no, no. heavy stock cars, you did one no. test. One test. In an ARCA car, and now you're thrown into the biggest ovals. And, and I mean, Truck Series is still pretty good today, but in those days, Truck Series was really was bringing in fight. some talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you had a lot of cup drivers that were, yeah. you know, Guys in, were in the Truck way. Series, yeah. yeah, like Skinner and stuff like that, yeah. you know, had eons of, you know, experience. So you end up going and doing that. Uh, the the first Bush race you did was uh, Watkins Glen. Mm-hmm. That was two thousand nine. That was in ninety nine. Ninety nine. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. 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 And you were running top ten at one point. I was. Yeah. And, and then I was you, doing really well. You get into it with somebody. Who? What? What happened? It was one of the Grub brothers. I think it was Kevin Grub. Okay. And yeah. what he did is he lost it in the bus stop. Uh huh. And I had to hit the grass to avoid hitting mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and once I gathered it all back up. The pack was by me, and I finished like 20th or something, oh, okay. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, yeah, up until then. And this was like last lap, yeah. you know, I mean, right. type deal. So I was demoralized. Yeah. 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 I was like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I was making highs, such highs, a. Highs, highs, lows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was making such a good showing for myself. Yeah. At that point, I'm guessing it's one of those things like this could be the last time. Yeah. Like every race could be the last time. Absolutely. So you're like, man, I was going to look like a hero. Now this, maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Highs of highs and lows of yeah. lows, like you yeah. said. You yeah. know, putting you in a road course car makes sense to me. How did that even come together? Because um, Ed Renzi, who, you know, tested me in the ARCA car, yeah, said, right. let me see what else I might be able to possibly do. And okay. this was at the time that Bobby Hillen was struggling. He was the car yeah, owner right. who Ed Renzi tapped on the okay. shoulder and said, you know what? You're struggling with your sponsorship. You put this guy, Bill Lester, in this car. He'll get I'll, headlines I'll, and maybe a ringer. Kind I'll, of thing. I'll cover your, you know, I'll, I'll rent it for you. Okay. And then I'll cover a race or two beyond that oh. for you. Right. And that's what he did. Oh, wow. Yeah. He really Not went for out me, of his way for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, it benefits him, but it's still, like, he's it was put a, himself out there. It was yeah. a huge vote of confidence for me and something I truly appreciate to this day. Yeah. He did not have to do that, you know? Right. Wow, that's pretty cool. Because, you know, at that time, Bobby Hillen had Clean Shower and Mark McGuire, and they were, whatever, even with Mark McGuire struggling for sponsorship. And so, you know, Bobby Hillen was on, you know, pins and needles trying to see how he's going to get to the next race. So, in a lot of respects, you know, Ed Renzi was uh, his, you know, knight in shining armor. So. So Willie does your, your first year of trucks. Um, it, Willie does first half. Um, you kind of take over as part of this program that Dodge is doing in the truck series. How would you rate the, those couple years in trucks? Three years. With the Dodge program? Yeah. Well, I can, man, I mean, how much time do we have? The, the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I'm going to, you know, this is not all that well known, but when Bobby Hamilton was charged by, jo- by Dodge to create this program to run the diversity truck, the number eight Dodge, 
Bobby did a gong show at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and he brought out a number of minority can, uh, candidates to, to, to see what they could do. At the end of the test, and by the way, it was two separate weekends. Willie was on a weekend testing that I was not on, so I never oh, knew so Willie never was there. Yeah. Willie never knew I was there. But at the end of the test, and I was on the second half, so Willie had already run, he came up to me and he said, um, Bill, tell me what your salary requirements Bobby are. Bobby Hamilton? Bobby Hamilton. Yeah, okay. Bobby Hamilton came up to me. He said, T Bill, tell me what your salary requirements are. I'm like, well, why? And he said, because you're, you're my pick. Wow. And I'm like, what? Do you know who else you tested in this? Pardon me? Do you remember any other, any other names um, at the gong show? Preston Tut was supposedly the, 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 uh, the local shoe from Atlanta who, um, like Rick Minter, really wanted to see get the opportunity. Um, yeah, Rick didn't like me very much at the beginning. <laughs> we fin he finally warmed up to me, but he didn't. He was like, every time he saw me, he had a scowl, scowl on his face. Yeah. <laughs> but because um, he'd followed Preston through the ranks, you know, of, of, of NASCAR racing, right? You know, short track stuff. So he, we really thought a lot of him. But uh, anyway, I had never been at Atlanta Motor Speedway before. I um, only fast well, place. Not, this is the scariest thing ever. Yeah. It's no short track. You know, yeah. the ARCA thing at um, uh, Anderson. Yeah, you can in, slow down. Speedway in Indiana yeah. is one thing yeah. where you know you top out at 100. Right. Yeah, you're doing right. 180. Yeah, yeah. yeah. super old asphalt yeah. at like 300 miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So yeah. Th you know that was a huge learning curve. It was like, kind of uh -huh. like the GTO car, right? right so, right. so anyway, Bobby says, you know, tell me what your salary requirements are because you're my pick. And I'm like, cool. It's like my ship has come in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a factory driver. You're like, right? salary? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're really? Gonna pay? I'm usually paying. Yeah. You know, exactly. I'm, you're going to pay yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> but then shortly thereafter, a couple of weeks later, he said, Bill, I got some bad news. And I'm like, what do you mean you got bad news? He said, well, um, you're not going to run the run the truck. I'm like, what do you You told me I'll, I'm your pick, right? He said, well, Dodge pays the bills. And Dodge made the decision that they wanted Willie T. They said He said they wanted the biggest name in the sport, which undoubtedly yeah, he yeah, was. Right, Everybody right. knew who Willie T was, yeah, yeah. Indy 500, et cetera, and yeah, so yeah. on. But this is my first experience of politics and racing, you know, because I was, by Bobby's, you know, evaluation, the most qualified. He's who I wanted. He's who I, he wanted to have run his truck, but he was overruled because Dodge at that time was paying $3 million a year sure. for that program. Yeah, yeah. And so he said, you know what? Just stay with me. Just stay close to me. And he gave me a few starts um, in, you know, a, a truck that was put out on a couple of track, a couple of races, alongside of it, but not by Bobby Hamilton Racing, but by Wayne Day. Okay. Wayne Day, he basically Bobby Hamilton took a couple of his trucks, gave them to Wayne Day, and, and Wayne entered them as under the 31W Insulation sponsorship, which is the company he owned. Okay. Yeah. But they were yeah. Bobby Hamilton trucks. Sure. Sure. He's giving me yeah, some time. Yeah. It's kind of like a little satellite he's, deal. He's preparing yeah. for the next year. Right. Because we ran the Gong Show again, because you know. They decided that they weren't happy with, you know, what was going on before me. And that's when I nailed it. So I got the remaining two years. And it would have been longer than that had, you know, anybody else come forward to practice what they preached about diversity and inclusion. A lot of companies <laughs> are talking about, you know what, yeah, yeah we're all about yeah. that. Yeah. They're about that when it's a four, five, maybe six-figure spend. Sure. But when you're talking about seven, eight figures, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it, it sounds to me like it's a little bit of the, hey, we checked the box. Mm -hmm. We said we're doing something. Mm -hmm. We're doing something. What else do you want? Yeah. You know, instead of like, we need to keep this going and get it bigger and bigger. They, they were very upfront about it. They said, this is a three-year program. If we do not get anybody to partner with us, yeah. we're pulling the plug. Yeah. And they were true to their so word. So Dodge's goal was they would incentivize another partner Absolutely. in the program that they established. They would be a co-sponsorship. Yeah. That, yeah. that Dodge would not be in it all there by themselves. Right. Yeah. Right. So then you moved from Dodge to Toyota. I did. I was very fortunate because I got to meet. Jim Press, who at the time was like the U.S. CEO of Toyota. Yeah. And we met each other at an awards show where we were presenters. Oh, cool. I yeah. actually 
between myself and Kyle Bush, um, we presented an award to Mike Hilton. Okay. Yeah. But I got to uh, meet Jim Press, and I knew that Toyota was kicking tires, thinking about getting in terms, getting involved with NASCAR. And he, he was set, sat right next to me. It couldn't have been any better. I right. Mean, yeah. I, I couldn't have planned it any. Oh, so my God. So I kind of said, you know, I understand you guys are thinking about NASCAR. And, you know, I said, well, I've been racing for Dodge. You know, what's the likelihood I might be able to race for you guys? Because I knew that I didn't have a ride next yeah, year. Exactly. It was over. Right. Anything, right. They Something. pulled the plug. It was no ifs, yeah. ands, or buts, right? And so he goes, well, you know, I don't make those decisions, but I'll put you in touch with the guy that does. And at that point, it was Jim Ost. And Jim Ost was running Toyota Racing USA. And so he basically tapped uh, Bill Davis on the shoulder, who was one of the teams that was chartered to, or charged to run the Toyota truck program. And Bill Davis said, why don't you come and test a truck for us? I got the opportunity. So I landed, you know, in Toyota's lap. So very fortuitous. So... To, to set the scene in the in the moment, you're a black guy driving a NASCAR truck from Japan. Yeah. <laughs> you were a glutton for punishment yeah, at that this point. Is, this is, we, the South it was, loves this. It was bad enough that yeah. Toyota was there, but yeah. it was worse that I was there yeah, yeah, with Toyota. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. right. <laughs> so so did, did, is there a noticeable difference between being just a guy driving a truck to now you're driving for a Japanese manufacturer in NASCAR, which is like unheard of at the time? I don't think really the Toyota aspect was as big a deal as it me, being just me. Okay, sure. It was yeah. really just me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot of, you know, faithful NASCAR, you know, fans that didn't like the combination. But I would say the vast majority were that they didn't like me. So, um, yeah, it was tough. I mean, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, overt, not subtle, but overt racism. Yeah, I dealt with it. I dealt with it. I've heard the N-word. But it's been never been said to my face it's been muttered under people's breath and you know fingers point and stuff like that nobody's ever come and up to my face you and said, said you legitimately me. would get booze like yeah. driver intros and stuff yeah. like that yeah a couple tracks like i said it was really talladega and martinsville imagine that yeah talladega <laughs> so, what a surprise yeah, yeah. <laughs> so central alabama we're partying and, and all of a sudden the race breaks out yeah 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 <laughs> okay yeah I was afraid every time I went to Talladega, it's like straight to the track and straight to the hotel. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not yeah, collect 200 yeah. bucks. But, I mean, and if you don't mind getting into some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's one of the things that stands out to me. So as a just a personality, if I compare you to other black guys that have driven in NASCAR, like Willie is a bigger-than-life character. <laughs> um, yeah. There are elements, like if we talk about, say, Bubba Wallace today, there are elements to Bubba's personality that you can see how some people might be off-put by that. Mm-hmm. You're not. Like, I don't you think are I offended very, anybody. Yeah, you are a very normal, uh, non-controversial guy, if you don't mind me saying that. No, I don't mind you. And, and so there's not a whole lot to dislike. I wasn't um, trying to make waves out there. I right. really wasn't. I was there just to do a job. Right. You know? So whereas some people can say they don't like this driver or that driver because, oh, well, ultimately it comes down to they don't like something about that person. I, you can't do that with you in the same way because you don't say stuff that's controversial. Yeah. Um, so a dislike for you, do you think that came strictly down to race or there's kind of an... There's a second less discussed element to race with some some of these things is that there are people that'll look at somebody as part of a diversity program and say, well, he's keeping somebody else out of the car. Bingo. Is that the hate? I think that's a lot of the hate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why is he getting this opportunity? He didn't pay his dues. He didn't come up through, you know, late models, bandoleros, or whatever the case is. He only spent his salary on racing. They just think I showed up out of nowhere. They don't realize the dues that I paid, but it was in a different arena, a different environment, right? So it's not as if I just got off the couch and said, oh, 
yeah, I'm going to go racing with yeah, this guy. You know what it's like to do homework in front of Bill Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have him look at your grades. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like, what, so, what about ism is what I think they call it. You yeah. Know, where it's like, well, what about the, the other guy that could have been in there? And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, but that's kind of irrelevant. No. You know, he's not, and I am. So that's right. what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. I, I just had a hard time understanding, you know, what did I do to get you, you know, your panties in a wad? You right. know, but, it's, but it's nothing that I did. It's who I am. Yeah. You know? That's fans. What about the garage? I got lots of respect from the garage. Okay. I had no yeah. issues in the garage, and, okay. and I was really proud of that. I was pleased yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, the officials, the other competitors, mm -hmm. they knew that I deserved to be out there. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for. If you get the respect, you know, of your competitors, mm -hmm. then that's everything. You know, sure. sure, the fans are going to have their biases or isms and all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. but you can't do anything about that, you know. But I didn't do anything that was disparaging. I could have said all sorts of things that could have brought, you know, a shadow over NASCAR. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. talked about my frustration and, you know, aired my dirty laundry. I never did that. Yeah, never right, did that. Right. I walked a very thin line, you know, between the truth and my being able to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. I didn't sell my soul. Right. You know, yeah. but then I didn't paint NASCAR in glowing lights either sure. because they didn't deserve it. Yeah, right. You know? right. There's so much more they could have done and sure. still can do. Yeah. You know, absolutely. that they're not doing. They still got just a toe in the water. But and that's kind of where I'm going with you is like because of your personality, it's almost easier to define the racist fans versus not because there's no element of your personality yeah. that you can be like, oh, well, they don't like him because of him. Right? Yeah, That's right. not you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas some of the, you know, sometimes you'll see other drivers where they'll say something like, oh, well, now you're just goading people. Yeah. yeah and, you just buried yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see you being that guy. So if somebody outwardly dislikes you, it's a pretty obvious reason. Yeah. It's because so, where they came from and the yeah. way they were raised yeah. and, you know, that sort of thing. You know, it's, hey, <laughs> we should be out there in the you know, fields picking cotton. So I can't do anything with those folks, you know. And it was really interesting to, you know, the cultural awakening that a lot of people um, in racing, like my team, you know, when I raced for Bobby Hamilton Racing, that they experienced, as well as I experienced. You know, here I am coming from, you know, a, really a white-collar background to guys that, you know, barely finished high school, let alone right, even say, saw college like, or thought about college, right? Yeah. You went they to came. Berkeley and you have a, a bachelor's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. in science from Berkeley. Like you're you're going to stop the robot war right. assault one day, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like. Right. I mean, these guys grew up turning wrenches uh -huh. and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and they were happy doing it, and, you know, they were very simple in terms of the things that pleased them, yeah. you know? So here I come at, you know, just almost like Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder, right? Yeah, Where he yeah. comes in with his IndyCar facade right. and all that stuff with a motorcycle, right. never done anything in stock cars. Sure. Everybody's looking at him like he has two heads. Yeah. It was kind of the same thing with me. And so they were looking at me like, you Did know. Did you just call yourself Tom Cruise? I, I said like Tom okay. Cruise. No, black, no. A black Tom Cruise. He's, he's, he's black <laughs> Tom now, Cruise. Now you now put on. words in my mouth. Yeah, okay. from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From now on. No, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. I said yeah. like Tom Cruise when he came in on his motorcycle. <laughs> okay. No, okay. <laughs> I'm not Tom Cruise. But Did anyway. you have your shirt tucked in? I'm sure I did. So right away, you've already alienated <laughs> yeah, yourself yeah, from yeah. most That's people. one strike. Yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, look at this guy with his belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's one strike. Coming in, speaking all properly. Yeah, like, <laughs> he was like, what is that, English? Yeah. Uh, I hate this guy. Yeah, yeah it, it was very interesting because here yeah. I'm trying to be a part of the team. Yeah. You're only as good as your team, right? right? Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize in racing that, you know, the drivers only loosen up behind the wheel. You know. Um, if your team doesn't give you what you need to perform, you're not, I don't care how good you are. You're not going to get it done. So it's incumbent upon me. To make sure that you know they feel that I'm one of them, yeah. To the extent <laughs> that they can, right? Yeah, right. right. So, what do you mean them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them. I'm one of the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, right. So you know, I would do my very best to always, you know, we'd have lunch together because yeah. you know I'm not turning wrenches. I'm not sure. putting nothing bolting cars and trucks together. Right. But you know, I'm hanging out, supporting them, and during lunch, you know, we're sitting there chopping up with each yeah, other and stuff yeah. like that, and. You know, the conversations that they would have, I would go, God, this is so basic, you know. Mm -hmm. All they were talking about is, you know, beer and Yeah, right, And, right. and I'm like, yeah. 
really? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, that's, hey. Yeah, that's, that's what they like. That's what they like. Simple pleasures, yeah. right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I talk about is how one of the guys was talking about his Cub Cadet. Oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah. what's a Cub Cadet? <laughs> and everybody went, whoop. Yeah, right. right <laughs> because right. in California, as you know, you don't need anything but a push mower. Yeah. If you yeah. have a gas-powered push mower. Yeah, that's as good as it's going to get. That's as good yeah. as yeah. I, right. I never... Yeah, had right. no appreciation, yeah, for, right. appreciation for riding yeah. mode. Where are you from? They're like, yeah. this guy doesn't know about a camp. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah. I don't have acres of land. I have like a little patch of grass. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's about Bay Area pricing. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. so yeah. yeah, I mean, wow. The, the hazing I took from that sure. was unbelievable. Sure. Right. But that's that's in the normal category I, of like stuff we all make fun of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, but, I would guess just on what I know about you and from racing against you and stuff like that, you do everything pretty much like if you're doing it, your big commitment. You know, you're not messing around. No. And a lot of kids that get those opportunities, because you were coming in at an older age than a lot mm-hmm. of these like development drivers of that same era, yeah. are still kids. Right. So they're still lazy they inherently. They mm-hmm. still want to have fun. They mm-hmm. also want to party and be rock stars and yep. all that stuff. And here you are in the shop every day. I, I'm guessing that would endear you to the crew quite a bit more. Absolutely. Because they're like, okay, this guy, I don't know who he is or where he comes from, but he's here right now trying. That's right. You That's know? exactly right. That goes right. a long way. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. ask about, you know, their family and, yeah. you know, stuff that was important to them. And, you know, one of the big treats for those guys, you know, BHR was, since it was in Tennessee, and, you know, it's really just all the South, Cracker Barrel. I've never been to a Cracker Barrel in my life, but Cracker Barrel might as well be like, um, I don't know, what's your favorite steakhouse, right? Because it was just the cat's meow, man. That was 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 a big deal. I was like, this is some basic food. (laughs) (laughs) But you can buy a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah, the candy. Yeah, Yeah, it was was a treat, man. We're going to Cracker Barrel. Oh, 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 here we go. Or Crystal. Yeah. Crystal, <laughs> get a I never burger? had a crystal burger. You never had a crystal burger? Well, oh, I did man. when I came here sure, to the yeah, southeast, right, yeah, but no. Yeah. I mean, I was like, this is all bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, is it a meat? burger? Yeah, right. <laughs> but right. anyway, no, we, you know, it was fun. We yeah. learned a lot about each other. Um, but I had to course correct them on a few times. You know, they would, a lot of the fun was telling jokes. Okay. And a lot of jokes were at black people's expense. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, using the N-word and it was like, No. We're not going to do that, you know. They're like, oh, Bill, you know, no offense, you know, we're just kidding. It's like, no, that's offensive to me. And so they gained an appreciation for where the line was drawn. But know? course correcting is a good term in yeah. the sense yeah. that, like, yeah. maybe it wasn't necessarily ill-intentioned, but guys, like, you have no idea what you're doing when you say this. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's, right. it's yeah. offensive. I know you don't yeah. mean it to be offensive, but it is but offensive. It is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 They wouldn't know any better. And, right. And I appreciate that, you yeah. know, but I'm trying to Were they to offended just... that you would say Cracker Barrel? That what? <laughs> that I would say Cracker Barrel? say Cracker Barrel? They might. <laughs> I don't know. We don't like when you say that, Bill. Yeah. I'm, hey, I haven't been to a Cracker Barrel since. <laughs> so I'm uh, like, nah, it's yeah. not my stuff. But yeah. no, it was interesting times because, you know, here I am speaking in a vocabulary. Yeah. Was just. Yeah, Berkeley. And sports yeah. cars. Understeer, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. understeer, yeah. oversteer. Yeah. They're like, what's that? Yeah, we'll it's go, either we'll loose it or tight. And, right. You're one of them sporty car yeah. guys. Exactly. Like, come on. When we yeah. take it back to the paddock, let's take a look. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the trailer notes the hauler. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's understeering. In the, what's that? So it's either loose or tight. <laughs> yeah. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. They asked me one time. It's like, how's the truck hand? I said it's diabolical. Yeah. And there was silence over the radio. Yeah. They were like. What? Is Bring that, it in. They is said, that good or bad? They, they, said, they said, what? Bring it in. And they, my um, car chief dropped the window net, and he said, keep the word simple. Oh, okay. It was too multisyllabic. They, did, they, they didn't know what diabolical meant. Yeah, they right. They said, yeah. it's loose, yeah. or, or it's tight, or it's you know, push or yeah, loose right. or whatever, right. and it's on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah. Keep it like that. And I'm like, okay. 
I, we're good, you I, know, because in sports cars, you know, it's understeering yeah. or oversteering, you know. But I, I enjoyed it because, you know, that's where I made a name for myself. Yeah. I could tool around forever in sports cars and never make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. Never. You know, I mean, I hate to say, like, Aww. use an example, but, <laughs> like, look at Scott Pruitt. Yeah. You know, he multi-time champ in sports cars, and, you know, very few people know him because sports car doesn't cast that shadow. Listen, guys, I get fan mail and um, autograph requests and die cast sent to me and hero cards to this day. My last NASCAR race, before I came back, you know, a year and a half or two, whatever it was, three years ago, um, was 20, 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are sending yeah. stuff. and great letters about man you're my favorite driver i love watching you and you know would you take the time to i would be so honored to you know if you sign took the time to sign this i'm like going wow i made an impression i really made an impression it's, it's unbelievable you know and i'm so gracious and i'm so i have so much gratitude that that's the case you know how were you received culturally in silicon valley like how many black computer scientists were that tough you, as well yeah i was gonna so say that's why i was primed when yeah. i went to the southeast I, you know i knew it was like to be the only black guy in the room sure yeah i, I knew what it was like yeah you know? yeah when, when i graduated cal i was like when I look to the left, I look to the right, I didn't hardly see anybody else that looked like me. And this sure. graduating class is 600. Well, sure, yeah. 600. yeah. And back then, yeah. you're taking things away. Like, the 80s was when the concept of diversity hires started showing up. Mm-hmm. And so I could easily see people looking at you as immediately assuming you're underqualified because you're the diversity hire. Yeah. And therefore, he's not as good as the rest of us. I assume this could easily be a perception. Absolutely. And even if it's not, you have to, it's in your head already. Right. So how do you get that? Because no one's going to say this to you. Right. So it's right. just in your head and yeah. nonstop. You know, so. that's what they believe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's always been, you know, pushing water uphill. <laughs> sure. My whole career has been pushing water uphill. Isn't that, yeah. Nothing was easy. You know, nothing was really given to me. I had to earn it. Right. You know, I had right. to earn it. A lot of people don't realize I had to earn it. And, you know, for me to do what I did at my age, I didn't yeah. have a chance to do yeah. race after race after race. I was right. like green when I finally yeah. started to race full time at 40. Yeah. A yeah. rookie at 40 yeah. in the truck series. <laughs> at the truck series, and it's like like powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. And then a cup rookie at 45, like Jim yeah. Johnson trying to do IndyCar at 45, yeah. you know, as a rookie. Yeah. You know, I commiserate with him. I'm like, it ain't easy. Yeah. <laughs> so on that level, you're, you're, I mean, you basically had three kind of full seasons of truck, mm-hmm. and, and every year the results got better. Uh, had a handful of what it would have what would it have taken in terms of either your experience or from the team to sort of crack that that nut to start winning or to to be sort of the championship contender that you probably would have needed to be to elevate you know look in complete disclosure i am self-taught i didn't start out at a young age i was really behind the eight ball from the beginning i didn't have that experience i didn't have that appreciation and knowledge of building these things knowing exactly what you needed you know i could tell you you know it was loose or tight or whatever but i couldn't say all right i need a round of wedge here or i need a half pound out here you know that's what i couldn't do it was there much testing no there wasn't that much testing there was testing but there wasn't that much testing and look at my teammates i had johnny benson and mike skinner yeah at toyota right and and i had bobby hamilton as my teammate a lot of time in dodge i'm like like, these full-fledged you know they've been doing this since day one here i am racing sporty cars coming over to these you know 3500 pound hit cars on a little narrow tire with no brakes yeah. and, and expect to be as good as them you know i mean i did as well as i could with what was provided to me and just relying on natural ability right yeah that's all i could do i'd agree yeah that's all i could do you know i'd love to say yeah and you know if they would give me this they'd give me that i would have won all these sure. races but no. at a certain point like this is your age this I'm, is your I'm, threshold I'm rea- yeah i'm yeah. real about it you yeah. know i mean at 40 years old most of the drivers are you know retiring well in trucks at that yeah. time like they were either 18 year olds with years of, of running little stuff yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or they were your age but like with 20 years experience. of cup experience, <laughs> absolutely. And down. You yeah. know, you had Benson so. and Skinner coming back cup from cup. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. You know, right. I can't. Luck, I can't make up that deficit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? no. Yeah, and, and I think we've done a really good job on this show of, of 
of pushing this, but like having Lally and guys like that, or, or Justin Marks on the show, those trucks are fast as shit. Yeah, they are. And you go to a track like Atlanta Motor Speedway or Texas, it is big commitment. It is. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. it is like unlike, and I've I've never done an Oval Nose, but I got to drive a Cup Car Road America. Okay. And even the straight line of that, well, I was like, good God, this is fast. Yeah. And I was talking to Corey LaJoy. And he's like, what do you think? I said, these things are quick, man. He goes, oh, we're only running the 800 package. We used to run 950. And I'm like, 950 at an, on an oval. Hey, man, Ugh. when I did my cup debut yeah. at Atlanta Motor Speedway, yeah, right. that was 950. Yeah, that's <laughs> First crazy. time I've done 950, and it's like sink or swim because it was go or go homers. <laughs> yeah, right. Now you show up and you're in because they don't have 40 right, cars. you know. Right. But then yeah. you know, when I made my debut, it was 52, 53 cars. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, 206, 207 into turn one. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Good luck. I was like, yeah. oh, please. Yeah, please work. <laughs> I worked. I, yeah. I did everything to get up to this point. Please don't fail me now. Yeah, right, you know? right. And I made it. So yeah. it didn't run, you know, it ran like dog in the race. But it, yeah. the whole purpose was just getting in the race, you yeah. know, just get there. Because Bill Davis Racing at that point burned its bridge with um, Dodge because sure. they had to, the Toyota yeah, trucks. Yeah, 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 right. Right. And sure. so That's both, you know, yeah, yeah, there's no factory support. It was uh, yeah. the best effort he could put together, which I, I commend him for. And I'm so happy, you know, he took a chance with me because mm-hmm. he didn't have to. Sure. You know, that's his reputation, his organization organization yeah. on the line um but yeah you know he did it and had he not done it you know i would have never gotten to the top step which was always my goal sure the top step of the ladder yeah yeah, yeah. did uh so bobby hamilton had a reputation which one he, uh he had a prank he liked to pull mm-hmm. yeah this happened to you nope oh. did not oh, oh. did nope. you have he tried Oh, okay. So you had preventative maintenance programs yeah. here. You were yeah. able to stop it. What, so, what was your trick to stop him from, like, if you watch our uh, Tim Richmond episode, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's very well disclosed, uh, disclosed in there. Well, I mean, you know, he's always just like, you know, show me your hammer. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. No. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that's not wait, it. Show me your hammer. Is your hammer what I think it is? Yeah. You, that's yeah. what you think okay. it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 He, he, he would like, find ways to, from what I was told, like he'd be oh, sitting in the car. Like reach and, around or something? No. That you, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Went another direction. All of it's in line. Yeah. yeah. It's all, we're it's all, all saying the same thing. Yeah. I heard that he, yeah. like, he'd be sitting in the car and then just, yeah. rip. Yeah. There it was. He did not do that to me. Oh, yeah. okay. And he's probably because, you know, I'm cut from a different cloth. He probably didn't even, yeah. No, he didn't do What about sitting in gum? That, that was a pretty popular one. Sitting apparently. gum? Yeah, he'd be sitting in gum. I sat in gum and it's his balls hanging out of the back of his shorts. I heard about it, but yeah. he never did that to yeah, me. Yeah, he never did that with me. Oh, wait, I, so I think it's because me. the way <laughs> I'm, you know, my. Because you're like. You're the, too much wait, of an you're, adult. Like, you're like the proper <laughs> Maybe California so. guy? Probably. I know. He like, never did that to don't me. Don't do this to old Berkeley over here. Yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, no, no, he's too, he's too respectful. Wait, I didn't get it. He did that with Willie? No, 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 no. This was, uh, we talked about this with Kyle Petty. Yeah, oh, Kyle okay. Petty. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he told us that there was a guy that used to do this, and we immediately yeah, knew who so, it was. So maybe Willie, you know, nipped that in the bud. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, I can yeah, see him not taking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he didn't even think about it wait, with me. Wait, I don't know. <laughs> wait, was Show Me Your Hammer a phrase that he would throw at you? Because I'd never heard this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it wasn't a phrase, but it was like, he, you know, <laughs> let's see your hammer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's because he's, you know, curious about black guys. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Okay. That's the only thing I could think of. I don't yeah, know. No, I, I didn't ask him why. Yeah. But, you know, that was a, that was a running thing. This. Yeah. yeah wow. It was an obsession. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, hammer was the phrase. You know, show me your hammer. I don't need to be put to shame even more. Yeah. Well, right. 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 <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm just not cut from that same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of adults aren't. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when I, uh, I, I got to do the cup race at Road America two, two, three years ago now. Um, the, the the announcement came out and immediately I had haters uh, because they they just didn't know me mm-hmm. and it was like immediately like oh this guy's horrendous he just like really mean things mm-hmm. uh, 
but I didn't take it personally because I'm like, oh, you're just like it could have been any name. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, was that the case with you because you're level-headed? So like when someone's booing you on a on a you know track tour or what do they call this the uh, the driver intros. Driver intros, yeah. Yeah, when someone's booing you in like a driver intro or something, is it like, I, you don't know me. Right. So I'm not, I'm not, it's not working. My attitude about that was, it's the way they were brought up. It is their culture. And I don't hold that against them because that's just the household they grew up in. And this is what they were taught. This is, you know, how they learned and what have you. And I was like, you know, it's unfortunate because at the end of the day, we're all Americans. We should all be supporting each other. But... There's such a huge divide in this country. You know, I don't want to get into the politics and stuff like that. But, you know, the example I always cite is that at 9-11, you know, when we were attacked, everybody was putting their arms around each other yeah, as Americans, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as it kind of died down, we all went right back into our own separate silos yeah, and yeah. saw differences, mm -hmm. right? Situations like that, you know, to this day, you know, I mean, everything is just yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not here to solve the world's problems, but I saw that as basically just cultural upbringing sure. and the isms that they mm -hmm. have. And, yeah. you know, it's like I should shook my head. But, uh, and I, you know, I thought that was unfortunate because, like I said, I never said anything disparaging. I never, you know, attacked anybody per se. I thought I, you know, held myself well. You know, I always tried to present myself well. But um, that wasn't enough for a lot of people. You know, it's yeah, like, uh, you don't well, belong well, here. It's like nothing would what, be, I yeah, imagine. What, what are you here for, boy? Yeah. You yeah. know? Mm -hmm. huh? <laughs> so. Now, yeah. perspective, that, that very level-headed perspective, does that, is that a self-taught thing? Is that, is that, like, was this something your, your parents instilled in you or is this just time being in the south my, doing NASCAR. my parents my parents helped me with it as i was coming up yeah but for the most part it's just because i've always been a barrier breaker mm -hmm. my whole life yeah for the most part yeah, my mean, whole adult life what I've been a barrier breaker. school wise and career wise yeah. i guess yeah. at that time yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, listen so, yeah. berkeley was the second highest engineering second highest rated engineering school in the country to mit massachusetts <laughs> institute of technology so if you get a <laughs> yeah. piece of paper from berkeley yeah you know you, you could say right. something, You're yeah, doing yeah, something. Yeah. yeah yeah so you know needless to say there weren't a whole lot of my friends that got through i mean we all started together but yeah. they got weeded out and they wind up getting their degree in computer science sure. from the school of letters and science as opposed to getting a degree from the college of engineering yeah, yeah which yeah. is a whole different deal sure. yeah you know, you know you're the creme de la creme you come out of the college yeah, of engineering yeah, right so you know i i knew how to handle you know things from that point i knew how to handle things when i showed up in corporate america and mm -hmm. i looked around there weren't very many that looked like me so coming to i was well groomed yeah. by the time i got to right. nascar yeah 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 <laughs> is there someone that stands out as being accepting of you that you had no expectations of like just couldn't believe that they were like hey no come on in you're here you're with us absolutely yeah. um the best example I would cite is Billy Ballou. Oh wow! Oh, Billy yeah, Ballou. yeah, who's a who's a yeah. truck owner? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you talk with him, you listen to how he speaks. He's yeah. as you know country southern right. as you want to be. Right. But you know, he just saw me as a racer. So you just put out a book, Winning in Reverse. I did. Yeah. People always ask me why did you name it Winning in Reverse, yeah. and it's because um, I was able to win. I got to what I wanted to do in my life, but it happened in almost the exact opposite way that a typical driver would reach that dream. You would start at a very young age, you go through the ranks and, you know, you would get there and you'd be done at 40. Yeah. Yeah. I raced from 40 to 50 yeah. <laughs> primarily as a full-time driver. And I started out super late and my last competitive racing was in karting, which is something I never did as a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, never karted as a kid. Benjamin I did some Button Malibu Grand Prix, but that's against the clock. I never did yeah, yeah, wheel-to-wheel, yeah. you know, yeah. karting. Yeah. And I represented Team USA, an international karting competition with Rotax um, in Portimao, Portugal, at 50 years old. You know, going against carters that had been doing it their whole lives in the Masters. You know, this is DD2, so uh, two-speed shifter kart. But, you know, 32 and up, 
I'm all, yeah, already yeah, on the far up. end yeah. of that. Right. You know? Yeah, you're at plus. <laughs> yeah. And these guys have been racing carts their whole life. So yeah. I had no business being there, I'm sure, from their perspective. But I earned it. You know, yeah. I mean, I went out there and when I was living in Florida, went out to a track called OGP, Ocala Grand Prix. And I just did it because I wanted to scratch an itch and um, rented a cart. And the, the team, the track owner, noticed me and how fast I was going. And I had no business. It was a uh, shifter cart. And I don't have any experience in a shifter cart, but I went out there and I was loving it, you know. <laughs> and afterwards he goes, um, how would you like to, like, come out and do a local race? Yeah. I said, sure, why not, you know. And I'm, I don't know what to expect. We, yeah. we go out there and we do some karting. Yeah. And, I, and I'm doing really well and everything. And he goes, um, how would you like to, you know, maybe race um, on a broader scale? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, um, well, you know, this is Rotax and, you know, maybe you might be able to earn a ticket to, you know, racing for team usa i'm like what and, and i said well, hey, why not so we go to the u.s nationals which is in um indiana and i got my ticket basically there because i beat all these local you know well not local but national carters that have been doing this forever and, and you went to newcastle was it like a uh, like an hour outside that's probably like I think it, was, track. it might have been newcastle yeah, we, we have a history yeah go on. okay <laughs> so you know i um finished third and so i was the third masters for dd2 and we all went over to uh portugal and he told me he said you know if you are able to get a ticket i'll pay for your whole family to come and so he paid for not only myself my wife my uh two sons and um my father as oh, well how cool is that to go all the way to Porto Mal, Portugal to see me go and car. To race a bunch so, of kids. Yeah, and, yeah. and this was at 50 years old, and yeah. that was really my last competitive karting. So yeah. I did everything in reverse. I didn't get the karting deal at a young age. I got it at the end of it. So, But, yeah, I, I, it's a really a motivational memoir about, you know, I don't care what you're trying to do. It's not a racing story. It's a motivational story with a racing backdrop. You know, it talks about how you can live your best life, the eight keys that I identify that allowed me to be successful and live my dream. And when I say be successful, be happy. Yeah. I, I define success as happiness. Oh, well, I failed. <laughs> Miserably. You need to read uh, yeah. my book. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's next on the list. Right. Where can I get the book? It's on Amazon, or you can go to BillLester.com and get it. Where, yeah. do, you, where do you get the most money? Uh, where does the publisher get them? <laughs> well, like, our, our, legitimately, our fans yeah. are very loyal people. Yeah, if you we, say we where you're going to get the most here, money, here's the deal. They'll, they'll if, go. If, if you go to BillLester.com, it takes you to Amazon, basically. Oh, so, I sure, see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't the, matter. Just buy the book anyway. Buy the book. Okay. Yeah, okay. Amazon's the easiest, probably. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, you can go to BillLester.com because, you know, but it talks Bill. about my motivational speaking, which yeah. is what I do now. I see. As well as my racing background. Sure. Okay, so give us the why we would hire Bill Lester to come. At our corporate retreat. Yeah come do our motivational speech again because you know people tell me it's amazing you've been able to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish without you know all the trappings and you know things that everybody else typically gets and you know again it's not about me it's about how I was able to get there and the things that I learned along the way the most important thing the most important of which is passion you know, you got to have a passion for what it is you're trying to accomplish or you'll give up. You won't have the drive. You won't have the stick to to get there, you know. Um, other things like I talked about earlier, like networking, the importance of networking, the importance of gratitude, you know, realizing that, you know, you didn't do it by yourself and being, you know, very grateful that you had opportunities that were presented to you. I'm you know, there's <laughs> I'm so we'll never get along. Yeah. But, I mean, there's all these nuggets, you know, yeah. um, they call them Easter eggs that, uh, you know, are put together and I basically weave a story that talks about how I utilize each one of these aspects 
to help me get to where I needed yeah. to go. Well, I think one thing that we get a lot of feedback from our fans on is, you know, so many people in life, it's easy to take the, the quote, the easy route, mm -hmm. where you take the job because you're 22 and, you know, whatever. Um, what I like about your story is you did take the job mm -hmm. at 22 because you didn't have any other options. I had no so money. many of us do. Yeah. But you never let, you never took your eyes off. No, never. And so you are able to do it at 40 because even though you're starting to get more and more comfortable with the work you're doing, not good enough, yeah. you still kept your eyes on it. So you can be 30, 35, and still want to chase after what you're doing. Absolutely. For me to do what I, I did like yeah, yeah, at my age, you know, that's yeah. kind of like, you know, are you kidding me, really? You know, right. it just doesn't happen every day. But the key is having having a partner <laughs> that's cool with it. Yes. What, what we haven't heard yet, and I'm, I'm sure it's there, but I just don't know where it is, everybody has some big lie. Lie? There's yeah, always like a big There's con. a con to get in somehow. Like, I said I could do to be this. in the pits because they're too young and yeah. they lie about their age. And or they, I've driven that track before. Yeah, I've a million yeah, miles yeah. there and they've never driven there. been in a sports there. car, of course. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what is the Bill Lester lie? There's got to be some con in there where you lied about track experience. You lied about having driven X, Y, or Z. What did, how much did your parents think your first race car cost? Ooh, yeah. Or no, lying. they knew. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. knew. They were like, you spent that much money? Yeah. <laughs> I said, it's a race car, yeah. 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 Had to, because, you know, yeah. at that time, that was my first race car. It was 7500 bucks, and yeah. that was a lot of money, you know, yeah. For, yeah. for me. You know, I had, to buy, I had to buy it. So it's not a lot by racing standards, but for me, it was a lot of money. But, um, gosh, I'm going to let you guys down because I can't think of anything that was my big lie. I mean, you guys stumped me. I mean, completely <laughs> stumped me. I hate you. <laughs> All right. Well, I hate, that, I hate that we're stumping you with integrity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, that's yeah. no good. Yeah. Obviously, I'm just too darn you know, yeah. clean cut. It's yeah. Like, I need to roll yeah. around in the dirt some more. So you transitioned from the NASCAR stuff into the Rolex series. Mm -hmm. Right. But Downgraded. You, well, technically, <laughs> it was a homecoming because you had raced in sports cars before. Exactly. And I believe I'm correct by saying that Spencer Pompelli discovered you. Discovered me. Discovered I, I, you. I got the opportunity to race with Spencer, but yeah, if he wants to consider it, that he oh, no, discovered no, this, me. This is us. That's we're doing yeah, this. Yeah, we're yeah. giving Spencer credit. Yeah. yeah. No, that was my first Rolex 24s with Spencer. Yeah. And in this Porsche. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this was for Pompelli Motorsports. It's like Spencer right. Pompelli Racing. Yeah. I think. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm now scratching my head as to how we came together. You know, I'm not sure how that all worked out. I think maybe I, I went to IMSA and I said, you know, I want to do a Rolex and then maybe Spencer had a, a yeah, seat. He, his, his recollection was that you had a little bit of sponsorship and they needed like anything yes. to get, and they, and they had a seat open. HP helped me out a little bit yeah. um, in the respect that um, I think I was able to provide some Printers or computers or, or, or something, yeah, you know, yeah. very nominal. Yeah, it was but that's, it, that's expensive and, and maybe some money. So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was a long time but ago. That's ninety eight. So. What, what he remembered about it that, that I thought was actually pretty funny is that he said you were the first person he'd ever seen that had their own cell phone. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't recall that, but if yeah, yeah. If that's what you call it. I, I would. I could see it though, because you're a Silicon Valley yeah. guy. You're, you're doing yeah. real work. Wow. <laughs> you know? like, that's yeah. an interesting thing to remember. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, that's so unique. You know, <laughs> that the, is very unique. Yeah. 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 It's like it's the first time I saw someone that had their own cell phone. <laughs> yeah. 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 He gave me my start. That's for sure. Yeah. No, he he it's discovered cool. you. That's what we're going. All with. right. Yeah. That yeah. works. He discovered me. So so coming back to do. The Rolex series uh -huh. after having done Trans Am, which essentially is, is a sports car, you know, yeah. type of racing, trying to do the IMSA stuff, uh, and then racing in the Rolex, you know, 24 hour a couple times, right? Yeah. Like, that was not my first time. Yeah. I mean, I did yeah. it from 98 through 2001 yeah. before I turned all my attention to NASCAR and then came back to my next Rolex in, nine, in uh, 2000 and I think 2008 yeah. was the next time I picked up the yeah. Rolex 24. How do, you, how do you make that transition back over to the road racing stuff? So road racing is my bread and butter. It's what I really enjoy doing. You know, the NASCAR stuff was fun, and it really gave me a footprint. It gave me, you know, exposure, and people know who I am. But I was never happy 
as happy on an oval as I am turning right and left. I, I just love road racing. You know, I don't care if it's, a, you know, if, if it's a sports car or open wheel car. You know, I mean, when I did the Indy Lights test and the um, Atlantic test and stuff like that, I loved it. It was a very, a fairly easy um, transition because when you come from, again, 900, 950 yeah, horsepower yeah, yeah. to a Grand Am DP, which has what? Five, six hundred. Even yeah. though it's a lighter car, yeah, it feels slow. Yeah, it feels slow. It's much more responsive. It's right. more nimble. It stops better. It accelerates faster. Mm -hmm. It goes to the corners faster. But it, it really wasn't um, that big a difference. You know, I mean, all I had to do was forget about you know loose and tight and track bar. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> Get right. back to understeer, some, oversteer. Yeah. Put some wedge in this yeah. Riley, yeah. Right, on this yeah. Riley DP. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you how do you end up in a car? Because was it the Southern car yeah. first? How did you end Southern. up with Shane Lewis and those guys? Uh, again, I was fortunate enough that when I talk about networking, yeah. I had a great relationship and still do with Jim France. Okay. Yeah. You talk about good a, guy good, to know. a good person good to know. know. Yeah. Jim helped me with my transition. He liked or as me. Jim Downing would say. Jimmy, Jimmy France. Jim yeah. Downing called Jimmy, him. Huh? We were yeah. like, whoa, you really know him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know him like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy. I called him Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he appreciated and liked and, and, and respected what I did mm -hmm. in NASCAR, mm -hmm. and he helped me with that transition yeah. back to road racing sports yeah. cars. He knew that, you know, I didn't have enough of a budget to make it, to continue to make it in Not NASCAR. Not entirely, though, if you're sucky with uh, DL. He didn't like it that much? Yeah. Yeah, that was later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. Fair. yeah. Initially, it would have been Shane Lewis and... Uh, uh, God, who's the other but guy? you know what? Southern yeah. wasn't my first. Wasn't no, it, it it was DP, but yeah. it was with RVO. Oh right, with Roger oh, Shramstein, Rock, Rock yeah, Valley yeah, Oil, yeah, 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 yeah. Roger Shram, and yeah. you know I had Jack Baldwin as a teammate, yeah, and I had uh, yeah. Justin Bell as yeah. a teammate. So oh, I had yeah. some characters. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So I get on with that, uh, Jack. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jack has That's, a story for uh -huh. every occasion. I've never been able to come across somebody who can talk so much. You are. I'm like, incredibly gosh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're funny. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he's kind of like Willie. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they got a lot of great stories. You are yeah. a media professional, sir. Yeah. I respected Jack, and I'll tell you why. Because he ran that Malibu Grand Prix GTR yeah. set oh, yeah, yeah, until right. the wheels fell off. Yeah. And so Tommy Kendall and Jack Baldwin were like oh, heroes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how yeah, many yeah. times did Jack? in that course tell you he was the first to do whatever oh, story he was telling all about. the time <laughs> okay. and okay. you know I expected Jack to be a whole lot better than Jack was <laughs> oh, so, there it is so there that's, you go shots fired right well, so, finally we're yeah. the real all right, you got something out of me there you go but you know um, yeah yeah Jack Jack uh, has a lot of ego yeah. <laughs> a lot of ego I'm like okay man <laughs> okay we man. know no, I'm getting yeah. punched okay. yeah. 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 so uh, I can't believe you drew that out of me dang it but you know what the person who helped me the most and I'd say helped me because I was never able to maximize a sports car until after I got out of NASCAR yeah. um, in terms of complete threshold braking and, you know, mm -hmm. completely using the whole tire, you know, um, characteristic mm -hmm. was uh, Darren Manning. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Darren, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Darren yeah. Manning, um, I ran with before I started out with Starworks in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Manning was in 2009 um, with Peter Barron. Yeah, yeah that um, makes sense. No, I'm sorry. Peter Barron was Star Wars, um, with uh, Roger Hawley. Yeah, right. Oh, Roger Hawley. Sure. Orbit Racing. Yeah, yes, Orbit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Orbit Racing. And watching Darren's traces on, uh, compared to my traces really woke me up. Yeah. And, and, and Ryan continued to help, and help me with that because the way you drive an Indy car is it's an on-off switch. Yeah, yeah. It's either you're on the brake or you're on the gas. There is no coast. Sure. Right? There is no coast. And I've always had coast. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, so, you know, yeah, Dial was, he's a character. He's a, he was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed my time with him. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed my time with Darren. Yeah. They were the two guys I learned the most from, 
in a DP. Yeah, right, right. But then, you know, you got to talk about Jordan Taylor in the sports car. In Never the, heard uh, of him. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. he gets no love Because you oh, follow, you follow us up, you finally <laughs> lower yourselves to GT racing. Yeah, he stooped to finally a new low. Finally stooped to a new low. In, in you one. decided to be a in one. Yeah. In yeah. One. Yeah. In one. So basically, yeah. you were part of the, the auto house program. I was with this tube frame, what was called Prep 2 at the time, yeah. Yeah. category of the Camaro. Pratt and Miller. Pratt yeah. and Miller built Chassis. car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jordan was your teammate when yep. Jordan was just getting started. This is where the phrase young Jordan Taylor started. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, a completely different animal than what he is now. Yeah, completely yeah, different. Yeah. I could tell you just how introverted and just quiet mm-hmm. and, and reserved yeah. he was, yeah. just like Dale Jr. When yeah. I first met Dale yeah. Jr., yeah. I couldn't draw anything out Are of Dale Jr. Are you saying that Jordan is the Dale Jr. of race car drivers? <laughs> well, he was. Oh, okay. He, he yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not going to compare him because they are in completely different disciplines. But sure, as far as their sure. personalities were concerned, yeah. starting out, yeah. so much similarity. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I was a black guy who intimidated him or what. But, I mean, they were so quiet, so passive. It, it was unbelievable. And Jordan's personality was nothing then like it is now. He really came out of his shell. So that, he wasn't still that guy behind the scenes. He was just quiet. He was just quiet. He would do some some kind of fiendish things because you know we were both living in central florida i was in orlando and he was in what is like not, where, where is he in like just south of daytona a little yeah that's why i don't i didn't remember i was like what yeah, yeah everybody knows yeah, orlando yeah, yeah, yeah but anyway we would get together and carpool down to yeah. the race team yeah. that was near um west palm uh-huh. you know delray or delray beach or something whatever it was yeah. and he would always do the driving because the old man that I was, you know, that was quality sleeping time. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah. this is exactly verbatim what he said. I talked to him yesterday. Dude. And he was like, he made me drive everywhere. <laughs> that was quality sleeping time. And the devilish thing he would do is he would take pictures of me sleeping. Yeah. He probably was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> he could blackmail the heck out yeah. of me, you know. Yeah. That was the only thing that was really devilish. But uh, <laughs> I was, you know, amazed at his talent. You yeah. Know? I mean, the hard thing for me was transitioning from that stiffer platform in a DP yeah. to this Pratt and Miller. I mean, it was like almost going back yeah. to NASCAR. You know, oh, this right. thing rolled like a son of a gun. I was yeah. like, can you put some stiffer springs in it? You know, it's not designed to run that way. Yeah, right. You know, but um, he was really good at running right on the on the limit in that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And so, you know, I commend him. And I was not surprised. I sung his praises very early about mm-hmm. he's going to make it. He, yeah, he's yeah. going to be that guy. Yeah. You know, I, I knew it from, a, you know, from a long period. And I'm so happy now that he's getting this opportunity yeah, to, s- to, to run, you know, Coda. Yeah, so this will come out and, you know, November later this oh, year, I'm sorry. But, but no, 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 it's okay. no. Uh, but you can edit it. We're sitting here. Oh yeah, you can edit that. Sean. You can edit it. Yeah. Producer Bill yeah, said okay. you can edit it. Yeah. yeah. But this is yeah. so people are hearing this in winter. So the Coda race has happened. How did he? Do? Okay. How, how did, did he do? Yeah. How did he run? Um, he basically raised a lot of eyebrows. He turned some heads. He did extremely well. There's no question. He did. He's going to do well. Yeah. He's going to do well. Yeah. So he'll be driving the Napa number nine for Chase Elliott, who just broke his leg. That's right. Snowboarding. Yeah. In the middle of the season. Um, Out six weeks. And, uh, yeah, so he's getting this huge opportunity to do the road courses. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean. Oh, road course. I think it's only one race, right? Yeah, depending uh, on the recovery time window, and everything. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Pretty, I'm disappointed awesome. in you, by the way. I'm going to, for oh, the record, yeah, yeah. you're lightweight. Why'd you even bother? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's all water yeah. now. Yeah. You yeah. little I sissy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you yeah. Name call. I'm not drinking. You sit on the porch with the puppies or run with the dogs. I mean, come on, man. Okay. Okay. You can't say a darn thing, Mr. Soda. Dude, he's driving. Had one, right. You had one drink. One drink. Driving. And I didn't even finish it all, right? There's a little ice down there. See, I'm glad you didn't, man. Two of those things, I'd be getting all sorts of shit. <laughs> yeah, we'd be, yeah. We'd be, we'd be <laughs> hearing really how bad that problem is. <laughs> yeah, <True>. exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, you win VIR in the Rolex GT Series against some really, really good lineups. Yeah. I know it's not NASCAR. It's not, you know, sports car. But from, it's from winning. The, it's winning. It's winning. That's all that matters. It's a it's winning. big deal. Yeah. And so is that like – 
not that that's the end of your career, but as that comes to a close, is that one of those things that's like now's the time that you could really appreciate it? Yeah, yeah, that's a watershed it, moment. Yeah, I think it might lose a little bit of its of its meaning as a younger person. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no question. I mean, yeah. you know, to win in Wendell Scott's backyard yeah. for me is something that's huge because, yeah. you know, Danville and uh, Alton are not far from yeah. each other, and it would made a big it was a big deal. And, you know, I did – you know, if I don't say so myself without breaking my wrist, patting myself on the back, I did a heck of a job in the rain. It rained cats and dogs out there. And I guess, you know, the most important thing for me is I didn't throw it off the track. So many people threw it off and just, you know, ruined themselves. Whereas I kept it on the track and I owe a lot of, um, you know, gratitude to Andrew Davis because he was running the Brumos Porsche at the time and I stuck to him like glue. Everywhere, he, if he would have gone off a cliff, we would have both gone off a cliff. It had this big rain light, and I just like, you know, I'm going to stick with him, you know. And so I brought it in in second, and Jordan did the rest. So that's all he needed, you know, bring it in second. I'll finish it, and I he did, did. I did not expect an Andrew Davis shout-out. We're going to have to bleep that. He gets, <laughs> he gets no love on this oh, show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's two people that have made your career. It's Spencer from Pelly mm-hmm. and, and Andrew Davis. Davis. There we go. There we go. <laughs> no, there's a whole lot more than yeah. that, but they were significant. 90% of you the, and the listeners gratitude. are like, who are these two right. people yeah. that yeah. mentioned? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They have to Google them. Yeah. <clears throat> at what point, and I know it was over 20 years ago now, at what point, uh, when you were driving with Spencer's group, did he condescend the <laughs> shit out of you? I can't recall that. Huh. I okay. cannot recall yeah, that. Yeah, Why? Does he have stories? <laughs> no, he has a personality. He has a character trait. Maybe that's come with age. The only thing I know about mm. Spencer is he's got to be the first one off the plane or the first one up the escalator yeah. when we're at Hartsfield-Jackson. He's, he, he's got to be the first sense. guy. Yeah, and then, and then speak to you in a condescending way about how he got there before you. This is a photo I yeah. took literally Sunday at 10 p.m., because this guy was blocking the escalator <laughs> on the way down. And he's like, this guy. Oh. And I was like, I'll get a picture for you because I know he wants to tweet it. Yeah. Like, it's it's called a moving walkway, not a standing walkway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He will yeah. run up the escalator. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just so he could be the first guy. I mean, he's yeah. like got to be first at everything. I love I mean. that you remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> no, I enjoyed the experience. You know, I mean, again, for me, it was the first Rolex 24 for me. So I just hadn't didn't know what to expect. Yeah, and, you right. know, it was a huge experience for me. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah. They made it pleasurable. I mean, you know, we didn't set the world on fire by any means. Sure. But, you know, it was the first of a, of ten Rolex 24s mm-hmm. I've done. So. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. Now, if, if uh, you're sort of in a semi-retired state now, if some random team called you tomorrow, would you do it? <laughs> that's funny because um, you know I get opportunities every once in a while, and I don't have the passion. Yeah, you, for the, the it phrase anymore. you seem to use a lot is the itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. itch. Yeah, I, you know, I am happier going to a kart track and just scratching the itch there if it's a good karting track. Sure, you know? yeah, because yeah. they're so responsive, they do what you want, and you know, it's you know, I, I get more gratif- gratification out of that than than the racing deal. I just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I, you got to be in a different, for me, a different mindset mm-hmm. to be out there in a race car as opposed to a kart. Karting for me just came very easily, mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's, it's immediate feedback, whereas Which a car is... is interesting, because most guys who didn't start in carts never transition well to carts. Right. Really? Yeah. Hmm. No, I that kind of makes sense. Yeah. That kind of so, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it's like, man, now I see what I've been missing all my my life. But, <laughs> but no, I, you know, I, if something were just fall out of the sky that was perfect, I would consider it. But I scratched the itch there the last time when I came back in that truck for winning an Oh, a couple years promote, ago. Yeah, yeah, promote the book. Yeah. And it was so good and so bad at the same time it was so good because at 60 years of age i had no anxiety or intimidation right i was concerned about after sitting on the couch for as long as i have because i hadn't done anything right um, how was i going to feel 
getting behind the wheel of one of these things right, again, right? right? I yeah. mean, it's, you know, you can eye race all you want or whatever, yeah. but you know, it's a whole different deal being out there yeah. with, with these young lunatics that don't care. Yep. You know, you crunch it up. Oh, yeah, mom and dad will buy me another one. Sure. Um, whereas I just was able to scrap and scrape enough to get out there. Knowing that if, you know, I dumped it or wrecked it, it was on me mm-hmm. and my, my family's personal financial well-being. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, just knowing whether or not I was going to be afraid or intimidated or have anxiety, I didn't have any of that. It yeah. felt good to be back behind the wheel again. That's a good part. Yeah. The bad part is there was not one single caution flag <laughs> at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah. And the truck was not set up yeah, right for me. Right. I needed a truck that was tighter. This thing was swapping ends, everything. Every time I thought about turning, it was like this. Yeah, right. And you, they were killing me. Yeah. The thing that I learned the most about the experience, though, was that having crate motors sucks. You know, back oh, when we were racing factory motors, yeah. and we were turning 88, 89, 9,000 yeah, RPM, yeah, yeah. and these things are buzzing at 71, 72 oh, maybe, I yeah. droning. I shouldn't say buzzing, droning. Yeah. Yeah. And if you get out of the power, you get back to it, it takes a lap to get back. I was like, so I had a miserable time behind the wheel because I, I just, I kept t- telling him, it's like, tighten me up, tighten me up. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm asking them for big swings. They're giving me little swings. Uh, and the yeah. last adjustment, the last time we came down pit road, they didn't do it. They didn't give me the adjustment oh. I needed. And oh. I was like, Really? Yeah. What's why? the point? Yeah. What, what, what did I do then why to deserve this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 yeah, so it was a long day at the office. Sure. But, sure. you know, I brought yep. it home in one piece, so I was happy about that. I, I proved myself that I could still drive one of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after that, I was like, the itch is, as far as wheel-to-wheel competition in a car, is scratched. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I mean, something my father's guy might reconsider, but yeah. I'm not looking right. for anything, right. you know. So we do a pass-along question every episode. We had lunch today with Jim Downing, who mm-hmm. you have uh, Mazda RX-3 yes. Uh, yes. in common. Yes, we history do. History in common. Yes, we do. Um, his question for you, very simple and very simply stated, how come you haven't come over for dinner? Oh, wow. You put me on the spot. Yeah. I didn't know if, uh, you know, I could uh, – broach his good graces you know i i don't know if i'm worthy you know so yeah <laughs> there is there is no reason yeah. why i you know now that i have the invitation yeah there's no reason that i won't so tomorrow we are going to be in st petersburg florida and we'll be having dinner with sebastian bourdais sea bass yeah so if you could ever ask sea bass a question and hide behind us what, what would it be hmm well you know i'm intrigued by the fact that they're running gtp cars now you yeah. know as opposed to the dpi so i guess my question to him would be to be as proficient as he is in his GP is in his GTP car, as he has as he was in his DPI car, what was the single biggest change that he had to undergo as a driver to be just as fast? What did he have to do? Memorize the f-ing steering wheel. <laughs> Could very well be. You know, right. it's yeah. a freaking rocket ship. Yeah, just remember how to deploy curves. Yeah, yeah. and all yeah. this yeah. nonsense. What but. was the biggest thing he had to do? All right, so we're not really a political show, and I don't necessarily know how much I want to go down this road, but I'll ask. Okay. Um, so you were, uh, correct me if I'm getting the titling wrong, but you were appointed in 2000 to the Drive for Diversity Board or Advisory Council? Count, uh, diversity Council. Council, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, it was, and it wasn't Drive for Diversity, it was just called the Diversity Council. The Diversity Council, Council. okay, with, with the effort of having more minority representation exactly. into NASCAR. Absolutely. Um, Drive for Diversity came later, like oh, in okay. 2004. So, so Drive for Diversity was sort of the the program that came as a result of the diversity council yes. doing what it, okay. Correct. Um, so, uh, Willie T who we've discussed, um, mm-hmm. he has been very outwardly critical <laughs> no uh, kidding. years ago that it wasn't doing enough and it was all just kind of a check the box nonsense mm-hmm. stuff. Um, where do you stand on, on something like that? Yeah, I'm not pleased with the amount of effort that they've expended. They've definitely headed in the right direction and they're okay. doing more, but they're doing it like 
reluctantly, you know? Like in a reactive way, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're, like I said before, putting a toe in the water, they're not jumping in. They're not jumping in. They could do so much more to make the sport inviting for everybody, you know? And if they're looking for more, you know, African-Americans, they can get out there into the inner city, you know, and, and do some programs. The only thing that really takes place is Bubba has his block party, but that's at the track. So you got to, you know, at least know about it, and then you have to be somewhat close to the track. Yeah, or Daniel's Amigos, the same kind of thing. Exactly. So, yeah, it's at the yeah. track. Go out there to, you know, where, you know, we are as African-Americans and roll out the red carpet. See, see if you're for real. You, you know? just touched on something that's not going to, it's going to take way too long of a conversation. I've always said this before about NASCAR. They're very good at spending other people's money. They're very uh, good at copy. spending other people's okay. money. They yeah. don't want to spend their own at all. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hard for me to be too critical because if it wasn't for the largesse of Jim France, I would not, my career would not have gone as long as it did. You know, I was before the drive for diversity. Jim was like, you know, just making sure that the teams were going to continue to be functional with me, you know, and I owe him a huge debt of gratitude. I mean, huge, because I'd have been out of my butt, you know, even with the Toyota program, because Toyota was not funding the whole program. But I mean, you, your whole NASCAR run, the the reason you're able to make a book is because you were part of minority incentivized programs. Correct. So obviously you benefited from this. I did. But you also understand the idea that maybe some things are more PR exercise than they are done out of sort of genuine efforts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, again, non-controversial. I was the best (laughs) black dude they could ever (laughs) hope to have, you know. But, you know, I mean, I commend NASCAR for having banned the Confederate flag. I thought that was huge. I didn't think I would see that in my lifetime. You know, when that happened, I was floored. And I actually, Just knowing the base kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think that they would risk alienating their base. You know, I never thought that they would do that, you know. Um, so I commend, you know, Bubba for sticking his neck out and coming forward to Phelps and doing that. But the line, the planet's all aligned because it was Black Lives Matter and the racial consciousness of the country was on more alert. You know, had it been business as usual and there wasn't a, you know, George Floyd episode, you know, there would have been no Black Lives Matter resurgence or any of that effort coming forward. There's so many things you can point to that show that the hate is real, you know, and that we're so divided and it's so sad. Yeah. Know, but yeah. It, we're not going to solve it, you know. I just hope the that. The three uh, of us? No, I think nah, we can do this right I, now. I don't think we're going to make do that this happen. right now. More you, can't, you can't even finish your drink. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just hope that, you know, my sons will be okay, you know, that yeah. we don't leave this place in complete. You know, yeah. Now, why didn't, why didn't they pursue racing? The good thing is that none of, neither one of them had a desire or a passion. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I products of their grandfather. I, well, I, yeah, so. exactly. I, I did my job. I put them both in a cart just to see what their thoughts were on it. Right. You yeah. know, my youngest son had no desire or ability. Mm-hmm. My older son definitely had ability but no desire. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and I'm not going to push it. You yeah, know, right. it's, yeah. it's all about what you want to do. You know a thing or two about uh, NASCAR road racing. I do. And you're familiar with the current NASCAR scene. I am. So we have a, we have an idea. I'm going to let Ryan. Yeah. If, if Justin Marks with his Project 91 entry could put any current sports car driver in that car, who, who do you think he should go with? I think he should go with Nick Tandy. That, that's what we think. No question. Yeah. What's he waiting on? Right. Yeah. Done deal. So podcast hopefully will live on until the robot dogs take over and all that stuff uh so 30 40 years from now or five months or, yeah <laughs> see how, um, how quickly ai builds itself yeah, right exactly so. uh somebody came across this podcast you know a long time from now didn't get to see you race or know anything about you in, in current uh what would you hope they take away from this episode uh you know just listening to a guy who got to live his dream basically had no business being able to do so but you know got over the the hump and defy the odds. Well, I'd say with that, Continental's got the check. Meow, meow.
she shows me makes me talk. 